the camera fades onto a still scene of Xander. Large and empty is the frame of a lonely barren land. Thousands and thousands of miles in either direction, grains upon grains of rock so small and ancient. They were here before most, and the sands will be hereafter. The stories they've witnessed will remain unknown to everything except the sand. The desert is dark, bathed in the light of the multicolored stars above. The image is still, on the muted pink sands as a chill wind glides by, sending a ripple of air to collect the sands in its gust as it moves through the vast desert. The camera is caught by a passing wind, as if it too is part of the desert. We pass over a mound of falling sands, and over a large dune, finally revealing the pink glow of the coral castle's rock. Its obelisk-like stature is intimidating, even with visible portions of it in ruins. The structure is breathtaking, to say the least. We cut inside the castle's walls. From the glow of the rock, we see the would-be throne room, the floors and walls scratched and damaged from a long-forgotten battle, the ceiling's painting of a peaceful summit under an oak tree charred by a flame snuffed out a century ago, and the main focus of the room where the royal would sit to speak their decrees into reality, there is nothing but rubble and broken pieces of silver. The clear remnants of a leader who was seen as unfit. The camera stays on the rubble before we hear footsteps down a hallway, and as the camera turns, we just miss someone passing by the room. This late in the evening, not many are awake. Not unheard of. Howland himself has been known to wander the halls because of his insomnia. But still a bit strange this deep in the castle's ancient ruins. The camera follows toward the sound, but each time we reach a corner, we just get a glimpse of the robed figure as they move quicker and quicker through the maze of halls, like they are realizing just how urgent the situation is. The camera finally manages a turn as we see the figure stomping down a straight hallway towards a distant dark blue door. The camera hurries down the corridor, picking up the pace to meet this figure. The robes of the person becoming more and more apparent as we get closer. They're back now, taking up most of the frame. Before the dark blue door is opened. We follow the figure into the dark room as the door is closed. And any light that was once in the room is now gone. The room is still and silent. Blackness takes over the camera's view. Nothing happens. And then we hear the voices indistinguishable, but somehow familiar. Yes, I know. He's been summoned to Marco's Pass. Is this all right? Does this not put a damper on what we had planned? When the Oracle showed herself, it was unexpected. But if anything, all it did was add time to the clock. But what if he doesn't return this time? It's an impossibility for him not to return. He's survived too many occurrences for this to be where he gets snuffed out. And the other two? What will become of them? 
unknown. But they will be needed. If not allies, they will be great leverage. They are wild cards, but they can be dealt with. Should we kill them? Not yet. Let's see what they can do for us. Besides, they might be killed either way. It is amazing that we didn't realize what importance he was when he first arrived. You dare question how much I understand the boy? My entire life has been dedicated to following him. And not just mine. Everyone who has come before me. No, you're right. I agree. I just think he might be... different now. Yes, he is different. He has changed over and over for nearly 500 years. Like a fine wine, aged to perfection, you must grow and change and become different. You must face the most unknown and dangerous obstacles of this harsh world. He must brave the intensities of reality if he is to be our oblation. Our long-awaited sacrifice. The camera opens back up, deep in the middle of the night, and while Griffin and Baguio are sleeping, Howland is known to have trouble with that. You're not in your room yet. I would say you're walking towards your room, Howland, and you stop at the door. Howland stops at his door, looks around right, and he looks around left, very cautious, and Howland squints his eyes a little bit before going into his room uncharacteristically nervous, really. Is it because of the ticket heist? No. Howland has been able to literally feel the string in his pocket. The string in Howland's pocket is admitting a very cold aura to the point where if you were to just poke Howland in the shoulder, right, it would be fine. But if you were to poke Howland in the pocket where that string is right now, it would be like sticking your finger into a pile of snow, then it's very unusual. You walk in to your room. I don't know how Howland is feeling about it, but this room is the room where you and Rib were supposed to have your new rooms together. You have your bed in the center of it, you have all of the runes that you carved onto the wall, and you have Rib's box in the corner. Howland looks at his bed and he looks at Rib's bed because tonight especially, the room feels very, very empty. For once, he's not going to float, and he's just going to casually sit, not on his bed, but he's going to sit on Rib's bed, 
feel the mattress a little bit sitting on Rib's bed. Howland is going to really look around the room. He just starts to come to the conclusion that he just doesn't really like it. Every time Howland comes back to this room, and he comes back to it alone, and sees that Rib is supposed to be here, it's really like a smack in the face. And Howland's just caught up in that for a second. He gets off of Rib's bed, takes off his cloak, and puts his armor on the stand for a minute. Out of his cloak, before he puts it up, he grabs the string. At this point, Howland is standing in the middle of the room with the string in his hand, just analyzing it. Howland has a little plant on a dresser, fairly unnoticeable. It's not any kind of special plant, it's literally a tiny house plant that he hasn't had much use for. Howland gently places the string on top of this houseplant, on one of the leaves, and Howland goes and sits back down on Rib's bed. You notice that the leaf begins to freeze. At first, you can't really notice, but then you hear those slight sounds of it starting to freeze over before the color changes and it starts to frost, and then it becomes solid ice. Howland sitting on Rib's bed has the biggest smirk across his face. Howland knew there was something to this string, but now Howland really has proof. Howland, using some kind of magical hunch, nothing special, but he's going to draw a semi-detailed magic circle on the ground. Howland is going to make his best attempt to clear the room move everything back a little bit. Howland takes the string off of the plant. Howland is going to put it in this circle that he made. Howland doesn't really know what's going on with this string, but there's something about it that is deeply unsettling, but very interesting. It really takes a lot to unsettle Howland. He's been around the block a few times when it comes to magic items, Whatever this string is, there's something in here, something attached to it that is really unnerving him. At this point, standing in the middle of his room with one candle lighting the scene, and Howland, although very cautious and disturbed, is still cracking a smile, Howland's eyes start to glow purple, and Howland, smiling, sitting in the middle of his room, looks directly at this piece of string in this magic circle that he made. Howland is going to take a very deep breath and simply go, Okay. Show me. The candle that you're holding goes out. There's darkness all over the room, but you do hear something now. And it's a voice, and it sounds like it's really close to your ear. And it says, What do you need to see? No. I don't think I will. Who are you? There are two answers to that question. I am one of the last living members of the Knight's Congregation. A fairly talented sorcerer. But to give you the honest answer... 
I'm just a guy that saw a piece of string. Howland Rain. There's a silence before the candle ignites again. And on the wall in front of you is your shadow. Your shadow. You know it's yours. It is in the shape of you. But you notice that the teeth are a little sharper. And it says, So I believe that me and you are tethered together then. When he says that, you notice that the string that you put in the circle is no longer there. Howland's eyes squint a little bit. Yes, I believe we are. And when you say that, the string that is no longer there, the shadow on the wall puts up both their hands, and you see now this aura red blush thread that connects you and the shadow. And the shadow says, Are you aware of what I'm after? And there's a smile. <laughs> Howland kind of chuckles at that. Yeah, I think I know. There's a deeper silence that spreads before it moves on the wall, and it goes back and forth, and it says, I don't just allow my string to be tethered to anybody. I am a being that knows only one thing. Satisfaction. I wish to be satisfied. And I do not gain satisfaction very easily for the corporate form that I own. I am just a shadow. I am a being that wishes to have a goal. I do not want food, riches, I want satisfaction. As it's walking back on the wall, I can cut this string at any moment. We have not placed a bond. There's not been anything to connect us. The shadow bows, and then it comes back up and it says, What can you tempt me with? It's no secret that you're after the oldest currency known to man. Souls are a very precious commodity, and you won't find too many other people in this castle who are exactly after what you want. Luckily for you, you are face to face with probably the only person in quite a long distance who wants the same thing you do. And more specifically, a person who knows how to get what you want. There's a chuckle from the shadow as it begins to move and it says, I am very patient. I can stay still for a very long time. And if I wanted, I could gain all the souls in all the lands. I like souls. Howland Rain. I do not need souls. I choose to live vicariously through others. Your satisfaction will become my satisfaction. What do you wish to accomplish in this life? Unfortunately, this is the part where I may have to disappoint you. 
because the only goal that I really have is the establishment of my order to where it used to be. My goal currently is to bring back the Knight's Congregation in a way that Eldragadrid hasn't seen in a very long time. But that is a very long road. A road that I can tell is paved with a lot of blood and a lot of souls. And not only that, but if I were to get my precious little family back together, the things that we could accomplish... Ooh. It's enough said, really. The shadow on the wall shakes its head. Yes. I can sense within you. I can sense that as a gold of yours. But it's funny, humans and mortal beings. The long-distance, long-time future is never really what's right in front of your face. And as he says that, the shadow grabs at his chest and it pulls it apart, and you can see the ribs within your own shadow. You are angry. You want revenge. And while he pulls apart the chest, you see Malik in shadow form being killed by that big shadow that you recognize as Floral. Still smirking, I am very angry. And I probably always will be to a point, and I certainly do want revenge, but that is the more short-term goal. To be completely honest, that's very much a stepping stone and rebuilding my congregation, but a very important stepping stone nonetheless. The shadow doesn't move. Howland is going to take a seat on the bed at this point and go, Tell me, Shadow, would you like me to achieve revenge? <laughs> would that satisfy your senses? The shadow moves from the wall, and you scan the room as it's moving from the wall to the wall and it gets onto the bed with you, and it says, I would be satisfied by the pure violence of a fulfilled redemption and revenge. Your happy ending doesn't truly satisfy, because that will end. There is no happily ever after, but the pure anguish and pride in vanquishing those who have done wrong against you, that would give me great satisfaction. Well, you could have just said yes, but I like your enthusiasm, because I'll tell you right now, pain, that... That is a delicacy that very few people know how to savor. See, Shadow, I'm a simple man. I have simple tastes. Bloodshed. Violence. <sighs> Nobody really understands. Sometimes it's just... <sighs> it's just nice. A lot of people don't really realize that, but I'm glad. I'm very glad you can appreciate what I'm saying. As I've said, if there was any doubt, if you want to come along with me, my friend, I can promise you pain, 
and suffering in a way that I would wager you haven't seen before, ever. The shadow mimics you, places itself in front of you. The camera is on both of you. The shadow on the left, Howland on the right, both staring at each other. Which one of us is getting cold feet, then? Howland shakes his head at that a little bit, and stands up face to face with Shadow, and Howland is going to open his arms out, almost in a hugging manner, and he's going to look directly at Shadow and go, I'm right here, you know what you want, and I know exactly what you want, so why don't we just <laughs> quit beating around the bush here? <sighs> Shake my hand. Pulls out his shadow, and it becomes 3D for a moment, and it points it towards you. And he says, Come on, Hound. Won't you shake a poor shadow's hand? Howland is going to smirk, and Howland is going to grab Shadow's hand, pull Shadow in close to him, almost pulling Shadow off of the wall, and he's gonna go, Tell me, Shadow. I'm guessing that you're some kind of demon, maybe some kind of otherworldly entity, but have you ever really made a deal with the devil? There's a pause in Shadow's demeanor before the big smile that he had stretches past the shadow on his face, so it stretches the face apart, and the eyes get in such a smile. The shadow comes closer into your handshake, and it envelops all over your entire body before it becomes your literal shadow. When that happens, you can audibly hear Howland shake a little bit. Now that Shadow is practically one with Howland and the bond is made, the room starts to grow ice all over the walls, and very quickly, Howland can start to see his breath inside this room. Howland's eyes start to flicker purple, on and off, his hands start to shake, he can see the veins in his arms right now, takes a deep breath, just... When he breathes in, he opens his arms, and a blast of magical energy completely shatters this room. The walls are pretty much gone, it's like a bomb just went off. Both of the beds in the room are destroyed, splintered. The chest on rib side of the room just flew and hit the wall. But oddly enough, the rack with Howland's armor sitting on it is untouched. Howland is going to look around at all of these bricks laying everywhere, look around at his room, <laughs> at the room that used to be, really, smiling looking back at his hands, with an attitude of, now this is playing with power. But it occurs to Howland that he still has his flask on him. Howland grabs the flask in one hand, and I'm going to say he reaches back in his pocket to find the string. Looking at the flask, and then looking at the string, has an epiphany. A very... hmm, I wonder... Howland is going to pop the cork off of his poison globe. You know, Shadow, there's one detail I forgot to um add in, and that's where you would be staying. 
Think of this like my genie lamp, and Howland is going to place the little string above his poison globe and go, I really hope you don't mind, but if it's any consolation, I'm gonna feel this. Howland drops the piece of string in his poison wind globe, and when Howland does that, it's like his entire body is on fire. He can feel his soul shake, like his soul is getting seared. Him and Shadow are now connected. Now, not only is the aura cold, but there's a very unsettling sickness present now in the aura. Howland is looking at his shadow, and before it was a simple shadow, but now, if you really stare at his shadow, it almost looks like it's boiling, or like it's on fire. Kinda like the effect you get when you're looking at something behind a flame, how it shakes and ripples. He certainly feels different, and he feels the impact. Howland, trying to hold some kind of deep meditation right now to really keep his cool, because the effect is starting to simmer down, so to speak, but it hurts. This hurts like hell. Howland, keeping his composure, walks out of the room. He's going to go on a little bit of a walk. Not far from the castle, actually finds a small, a little bit bigger than a puddle, not really a pond. But Howland looks in this puddle and he sees that before where he used to be fairly pale, black hair, there was nothing too crazy going on. Howland now sees that it hasn't really taken full effect yet, but you can almost see a blackness starting to creep in if you really look at the edges of Howland's eyes. Howland isn't sure if it's going to spread, but there is now a certain blackness there. And moreover than that, if you really stare at Howland, some of his veins have quite literally turned black. Although it's not really too concerning for Howland, it's something that Howland figured would happen, and as he's looking at his reflection, the water that he's looking at freezes over, and he looks up and the plants around this oasis are dead. You'll get used to that. Don't worry. camera opens above a sleeping griffin, and the camera fades into a scene inside of what griffin is thinking. You're much younger, much younger than you can recall, but you know it's you because you are in the point of view of yourself, and you're in a dark, illuminescent room. Griffin turns all the way around as a quick 360, and then he starts walking forward looking for something. You see as you walk through the shadow of darkness, 
it looks like a door, and the only reason you can tell that is because there's light beyond the door that is shining through the cracks of the door. He walks up to the door, and he slowly reaches for the doorknob, and he puts his head to the door to see if he can hear anything. Roll a perception. Four. You can't hear a lot, if anything. You do hear voices, you don't know what they're saying, but then you hear painful gasps. And every time you hear a painful gasp, the light surrounding the door grows brighter. And then when the gasps go away, the light fades. I have to go through this. Griffin slowly turns the doorknob, cracks the door open. As you do that, the noise gets louder. What you were hearing, you can make out that there is a figure in this big room. It looks like a medical surgical wing of a hospital that Weston would recognize. In the center of the room, lower than where you are coming from, you see a couple figures with a table in the center that they're working around, and there's a weird figure that you can't recognize being strapped down to it. You can't really comprehend what the figure looks like at all, if anything, but the people surrounding it, they look like they could be doctors, and they're walking around it. They have these tools, they touch it, and every time they touch it, it looks like there's a zap, but it doesn't look like electricity, and the thing strapped to the table screams again. Hello? Hello? As you say that out loud, the doctors turn around, and the figure on the table stops screaming. The doctors start marching towards you. What's going on here? What are you doing? As they get closer to you, one of them tries to grab you. They're in these weird white fabric. Griffin tries to knock his hand away, twist his arm around. Low dexterity saving throw. 15. You knock his hand away. Griffin goes and flies above these figures, and I'm just hovering over them until I get some answers. What's going on here? Why, why are you trying to grab me? The doctor that was trying to chase you is looking up towards you, and you see that he's making signals towards other directions of the room. The room that you see is illuminated by the lights in the center, and it looks like a big circular room with multiple doors coming around. And while this guy is making a bunch of signs towards the doors, what you notice in the center is the second doctor, who is continuing and like ignoring the situation with you, They roll out another smaller table, and they lift up a sheet of fabric on the new table that they bring over next to it, and you see a smaller child on it. Griffin is staring at this table. Do I know if this child is alive or not? You could tell that they're not dead. Well, Griffin is is looking at this table with this small child and almost scared. He, he don't know what's going on. He thinks the child's endangered, confused, and his eyes are squinting, like, on and off, concerned. As you're staring, you see that the doctor holding that tool that zapped the weird, incomprehensible character figure on the other table. The doctor grabs the tool, sticks it into the incomprehensible figure, and then pulls something on the tool, and that figure seems to get dried up almost. You see the light from his body and the aura gets sucked into this tool and it stops screaming. 
and then the doctor slowly turns towards the child and puts it over the child, flips the switch on the tool again, and the aura seems to get pulled out onto the child. Pulls out of the child, or he's putting it into the child? The aura is getting siphoned out of the tool and into the child. Roll perception. Twelve. You barely notice as you turn to the other doctor, and they have another tool, and it looks like a gun, but once they pull the trigger, a big net comes out. And in the point of view of Griffin, the net wraps itself around you. I fall to the ground. You fall to the ground. But as that is happening, the camera fades to a different shot, a different memory. It's the day after West Haven was burnt to the ground by the buzzards. The day after your parents died, and you are standing outside of your house, looking at the wreckage and burned embers of the village. Griffin walking around, looking at West Haven. Why me? just wanted a normal life. Why is this happening to me? Mom, Dad, if you can hear me, just know I, I love you, both of you. You're walking around this area where all the buildings are smoldering ash at this point, and a little tinier hand is placed on your shoulder. Griffin's startled and turns around. And what you see is another Aarakocra just like you, except this one is an owl Aarakocra, nearly the same age as you. And he says, Why us? I barely got a chance to talk to you yesterday when you first moved here, but seeing as you're going through the same thing that we are, and he gestures behind him where you see two other figures, they're two different Aarakocras as well. Griffin would recognize them as Autumn, the Quetzal, and Peter, the Parrot. Do, do, I, do I know you? No, you don't know us, but uh, I think us survivors should stick together. What do you say? And he holds out his hand for a shake. Hi, my name's Griffin. Shakes his hand. After you shake his hand, he smiles and he says... Well, I'm Smoke. And as he says that, the camera is on his face, and his whole figure and the background around it fades just like Smoke into another scene. And this is one that Griffin hasn't lived yet, but he's on a boat. He's on a large, humble vessel. Howland is behind you on the boat. He's climbing up the crow's nest, and you see Baggio to the left, you can barely tell what's going on. You can barely see anything. It's all in this blurry scene. You can't really tell what exactly is happening. The only reason you know what any of this is is because of the vision you got from Keebler. Griffin doesn't really know exactly when this is or what is happening. He just knows from the vision that you guys were heading towards this big wall. Mario's pass, yep. And Keebler said that this was at the end of your journey. As you're staring up at this big wall, you hear someone behind you. It's in this weird voice that you can't really make out. And they say, I'm not crazy. Griffin turns around. Who just said that? And when you turn around for that split second, you do not recognize this figure whatsoever. 
and it's already blurred and murky in your mind. But as you turn around and you have that brief glimpse, your body is engulfed in flames. And as the flames are going up above your body, you're in great pain. I can't... uh, I want to scream, but like, do I feel it? I, I feel like I feel it in the dream, right? You recognize that this is a dream and that you should be in pain. So therefore, in the dream, you think you are in pain. But physically, you are not. I don't even know how to do it. Like a voice of being burnt alive. Griffin is, I mean, absolutely freaking out. Patting his arms, hitting his head. I think Griffin jumps off the side of the boat into the water. As you jump out of the boat and you're heading towards the water, in your point of view, we see the water coming at you. And then you hear, Griffin, 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 wake up, Griffin. And before you touch the water, it cuts to black and you wake up. Hello? Griffin, are you okay? I I, I don't know. What is this? Well, you were having some weird nightmares. I I don't even know what 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 it means. Well, of course you're worried about Marco's past. Is this a sign? Am, am I not supposed to be doing this? I mean, that's up for you to decide, but you're the one who made that spooky deal with Keebler. I know, I know but I didn't think it'd be like this. As long as we can make it there and you don't actually die, I think we can be fine. I mean, for one, we have an idea of what's going to happen. Right? Yeah. yeah. I guess we do. There's a silent moment for a second as your body starts to feel like a little bit calmer now that he said that. I don't know what the that last one is, but the first couple dreams you had, I'm sorry you're still thinking about that. You saw the dreams too then, right? Yeah, I was there with you. Who was that little kid? Was was that me? So I'm guessing Leonian didn't tell you everything. Wait, what do you mean? Well, the reason I'm inside your head... Just like that figure on the table, Griffin. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a spirit. And I was a spirit once before. And they captured me. And they put me inside you. They were trying to experiment to make some sort of... uh, All-powerful prophet or, or something like that. So who were the who were the scientists? Was that my mom and dad? No, no, man. They're not that scummy. Leonin saved you. They saved me too in the process. I wasn't really sure who they were. I just know we got away from them. Got away from who? I have no idea, man. Uh, I'm so confused. Is Leo and Eden my real parents? I could say, yeah. I thought they were. That's why they wanted to save you. I assumed they kidnapped you, away from those bad guys. So you're telling me that these scientists captured you, a spirit? Yeah. And injected you into me to make... They were trying to make something very powerful. 
and that my parents, they agree to it? You know your parents, right? You know there'd be no way that they would agree to that. Best I could tell is that the scientists kidnapped you. And then they took me back. But after all that has happened, they took me back after you were injected into me. Yeah, they did. That's why they were killed by the buzzards? Was it actually the buzzards? Yeah, it was the buzzards, man. I was there. I don't know what they have to do with the scientists. But yeah, it was the buzzards. So they were after me. Why do I feel like this is all my fault? No, no. It's not your fault for what someone else did to you. But they were after me. And they killed my parents because of me. But they did that, not you. They did what they did to you. You had nothing to do with that. You didn't do a single thing. The only thing you've ever tried to do was help people, Griffin. That's not on you because they decided to do all the bad things. It was still their fault. And as you're having this conversation with Kanan, you hear a swing and almost like the sound of a blade and then a stab into some wood and your attention is brought to... What does your room look like? Obviously very clean, just like Jacoby's. There's a desk with some books. I have a map of Eldrick Adrid. It's hanging up on the wall. Like grayish room. Like not a lot of colorful items. Like gray, black, and white. When you heard that noise and you look over to the side on the wall, you see the map scanning around the room. You see where you keep your items and all of your uh, your weapons and whatnot. It looks like whatever you were keeping them in fell over, like something was being moved. But when you scan the room, you see the map, and you also see the sword that never misses is implanted on the map. Like it was stabbed in the map? Yeah. I get up slowly. I'm walking towards the map, and as I'm getting closer to it, I'm fixating on exactly what part of the map stabbed through. You look at the map. Would Griffin know places on the map? I would think Griffin would study the map. You see where the sword is? I'm not sure if Griffin would think this, but it would have something to do with Margo's Pass. Like, obviously, it's going to be stabbed at Margo's Pass, but it's not. It's on the other side of the world. The sword is stabbed in the bottom right-hand corner of the continent. All the way bottom right, you said? The small island nation. It's not even a nation, like barely people live there. Think of it almost like Alaska or Greenland. That's Preston. Preston, what does that have to do? Wait, what? What's in Preston? I don't know, man. Is this a sign? Who stabbed... Wait, what? I didn't see anyone come and go. No one else was in this room except us. I don't know what this means, but do I have to go there? You know, Griffin, with you, I've learned not to ignore the signs. I gotta go there.
It's nighttime at the Coral Castle. Baggio is asleep in his bed. Thank you. And as the camera zooms in closer and closer, we fade into Baggio's dream. He's in a forest. He's walking. Baggio, you hear an explosion in the background. And I turn and look. You see Leafside on fire. The camera zooms into Baggio's eyes as his eyes are reflecting the fire. He goes, no! And he runs towards it. As you are running towards the fire, it disappears, and the image of Leafside morphs into a Yanti. (laughs) As it starts to slither towards you. Baggio takes a fighting stance. You take that fighting stance. The Yanti is going towards you, and it has a large spear in its hand. Wields it, brings it back as if it's about to strike you as it gets closer, and then it goes down to slice at you. The camera is on Baggio as the spear goes past his head. We don't really see exactly what happened, and his head is no longer there. My head got cut off? And the entire image around Baggio morphs again, and we are at Margot's Pass on the ship from Keebler's vision, and Baggio's head pops back out of his shell. Oh! He grabs at his neck and is like, oh, oh. And you turn around and you see this weird, blurry, misty surrounding. You can't really see. It's like a dreamy. It's a dreamscape. You see Howland climbing the crow's nest, and you see Griffin around you, and you turn around and you see the big wall of Margot's Pass, the area that you saw in Keebler's vision. But once you see that, you hear a weird voice. I'm not crazy, not crazy, not crazy, not crazy. And you turn around, and you see again in this dreamy landscape, you can't really tell who this person is, but it's someone you've never seen before. In that moment, as you turn around, there's a slice. Your point of view, you fall, and you roll, and you roll, and when you stop, you see your body several feet away from you. Like I was knocked out of my body? You were more decapitated. Oh, so this is my head rolling away from my body. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. As that happens, you wake up. Bagyo sets up. He's in like a cold sweat, and he's breathing heavily. He's... He feels at his neck again. He takes a gulp. He goes, he looks around his room. As Baggio looks around, you actually see a weird sight. Okay. You see Umiza in the corner, and it looks like she's ballroom dancing with Kyle. (laughs) And Kyle is not having a good time. Oh, Kyle, I didn't know you danced. I don't. I really don't, Baggio, please. (laughs) I don't know where you picked this girl up, but please, you need to stop her. She's part of the crew. That's right, a little, uh, what is this? Frog? Turtle man? Stuffed? <laughs> we are having a wonderful time. And she starts spitting around again, and she is singing, Umiza's on the rise, oh, that ride is ready to go. You look at me right now, and now we know to go. 
Bagyo's like really happy and clapping as they're dancing. Good for you, Kyle. You really needed to get out and just enjoy yourself. I. This is hell. And I've been to hell. This is hell. There's two of you now. I can't. Please, I can't. You know what, Umaza? I think we should have weekly dance lessons. Ha <laughs> ha! That is correct. We should, my friend. And Bagyo gets up and starts dancing with the two of them. What type of dance are you doing? Bagyo's signature. The Orange Justice dance. <laughs> <laughs> the Orange Justice dance. That's what I thought. <laughs> Umaiza is ballroom dancing, and she actually tosses you, Kyle. She twirls him around and then spins him in your direction. You hear him go, Ooh! <laughs> I, I catch him and then start dancing with him. See, Kyle, you just gotta put yourself out there, and you can actually enjoy your life. I don't. I really don't. I really can't. St- I can't stand this. God damn it. <laughs> I like do a little jig with him. Like I spin him around, throw him in the air, catch him. And then I toss him back to Umiza. And I'm like, so, what's going on, Umiza, while I was asleep? Oh, nothing. We were just uh, trying to get to know each other. I'm not a sociable person. I don't really know that many people. I'm just trying to get the way of the land. The lay of the land is what I was trying to say. I don't know how to speak. It's been many years since I've talked to people. Well, don't worry, Umiza. You can come with me on my adventures, and me and you'll see the world. As per your wish. And as she says that, she tries twirling Kyle again, and he says, No, no, I'm not doing this. And he pushes off of her <laughs> while he's twirling, and he goes flying, and he goes, Ooh! Out of the dance area that you had. Do you have a desk? Yeah. Bagu's got a little writing desk where he keeps his journals. And he falls on the desk. As he hits the desk, a bunch of books go flying, including Yagqueg's journal that actually goes tumbling off of the desk, and it's getting close to a candle. Bagu sees all the books tumble, and he's like, oh, well, it's not so bad. And then he sees the Yagqueg book, and he's like, ooh. <laughs> like the can like at first he's like, oh that's not so bad. Oh and he, <laughs> I step of the wind. There's a flash, I'm gone, I reappear and I've got the book, and there's like a little breeze that blows through the room. Picture the would be music that was there it stops Umiza's Her little reality warping playing music in the background. Yeah. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like her demeanor changes and she says Baggio, you seem to have more value for this book than any other. Bagyo stands up, and he's got like a somber smile, you know, like where your eyes are like halved, and your mouth is smiling. <sighs> Blows the dust off the book and kind of wipes it with his hand. He says, this book, as he very gently lays it back on the desk and blows out the candle, this book belonged to my master. Ooh, your master. What was their name? Yog Quig. Hmm. What is in the journal? His life and... His teachings, things like that. Hmm, fascinating. And she turns around really quickly, and she has glasses, and she actually has a pencil in her hair, like her hair has been put up in a bun. (laughs) She looks like a student. A desk forms in front of her, and she sits down, and she says, Please, teach me some. (laughs) Baggio turns towards her, he says, Oh, would you like to hear something? Mm Mm-hmm. And Kyle, uh, floating in his little turtle-stuffed animal form, floats over and he says, Please, please, anything but Bible verses, please. <laughs> Umiza snaps her fingers and Kyle turns into a little student with his own little desk in front of him. <laughs> but he's like strapped in. 
Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she points to him and says, Shh. <laughs> Begin, Baggio. Baggio grabs the book and opens it. And Baggio opens to a, a relatively random page in the journal. You can see his finger. He takes one of his claws, runs down the verses and words in the book until he gets to a certain one. He says, Ah, oh, here's one of my favorites. <clears throat> the world is alive, unknown to most who perish, but I will survive. Hmm. Is this a haiku? I believe it is, yes. Master was all about not only training your body, but also training your mind. And he found poetry and literature to be very important to that. Why is this one your favorite? Because I believe that the world is alive, and I believe that every life in the world is important. And it must be respected. I like this. Tell me another. <laughs> Bagger goes, all right. And he fans the book and flips to another page. He goes, <clears throat> the crickets of the forest buzz on through the night. The sun has vanished, I'm sure they must say. We will die, nothing now in their sight. But the cycle starts anew with the next day. Hmm. And that one means what to you? Master would read this to us during his weekly sermons, and this is another one of my favorites that I would always like to hear him recite. To me, this one means, despite any bad or misfortune or unhappy moments we might face, each day is a new day and the world keeps turning, and we shouldn't dwell on our mistakes and failures, but instead use them as stepping stones into the future. Ah. <sighs> This Yog Quegg must be wonderfully brilliant. He was the smartest person I've ever known. Whatever happened to this Yog Quegg? Baggio closes the book, grips it, but not like angrily grips it, but just like holds it to his chest. He lets out a sigh and he turns away his back towards them and then he's facing the desk now. And he goes, he, uh... And he kind of takes a gulp, and he goes, He died trying to protect our home. Umiza's face drops. She actually takes off the glasses off of her face, and she says, I'm sorry, Baggio. I'm not familiar with death. People just disappear? Baggio turns back to her with his eyes are closed, but he's smiling weakly. You know, like, uh, well... I don't know how it works for genies, but yeah, us mortal beings, we have a certain amount of time in this world, and then and then that time ends eventually, like all things do. It's not always in our control, and we don't really know when it's going to happen. And unfortunately, Yogquag's time came. That sounds terrifying. How is not every moment... Just a waking nightmare for you. Baggio thinks for a second. <laughs> for a second in his mind, he's like, right? But then... <laughs> <laughs> for a second, the Baggio side of his mind, he's like, right? But then his more mature side of his mind, he just he goes, well, that is something that all of us fear and all of us think about at some point in our lives. And some people even obsess over it. Some people dedicate their lives to try not to die, you know, eat right, eat healthy foods, work out, 
and some people even more sinister means like dark magics and things like that to try to extend their lives. But if you ask me in the way that Yogg-Quegg also saw it and the way I think it truly is, is that the fragility of life and the temporary nature of life is what makes it special. <laughs> you look at Umaiza and her eyes are huge. Like they're literally overly sized cartoonish. <laughs> She's got tears coming down. She's like, that sounds and You are just as brilliant as your master, Yog Quegg. And you actually hear Kyle go. <laughs> his hand, he's like putting it to his face. And then Umaiza points at Kyle, and there's suddenly some duct tape that forms over his mouth. <laughs> I love that, because, like, duct tape don't even exist Yeah, <laughs> in this world. <laughs> but she put duct tape over it. I love it. I love the fact that Umaiza can have, like, modern-day stuff happen. Bagyo's taken aback by that, and he goes, Oh, surely not. No, I, I could never be as... No one's as good as Yog quegg was. I'm simply a student of his teaching. Can you roll a perception check? Yes. Fifteen. You're holding the book, and as you say that last thing, you're looking down at it. It looks like the way that the book hit the desk, or was hit by Kyle, that something got damaged on it. And at first, you're looking at the corner like, Oh, Kyle broke my book. And then you look at it, and it looks like there's a piece of paper that was hidden underneath the back cover. Oh, like stuffed in between the fibers of the book? Yes. Bob goes like, huh? And he takes his claw, picks at it a little bit, and like pinches it between two claws and goes to pull it out. You pull it out. It's just one piece of paper. It's not even full. And Umiza says, hmm, is that new? Bago goes, in all my years, I've never seen or noticed this. What does it say? And she turns right back into his student. Bagyo slowly unravels the page, spreads it out on the desk, and looks at it. And Bagyo's reading this slowly, and that's why it's, I'm reading it like this. I am an arrow, and you are the bow. Point me in a direction... And see where I go? I linger on your words as you wait on response. Stay with me forever, my bestest friend, Hoss? And Bagyo looks at it and sets back and goes, What? What? Why would there be something about Hoss in this book? Who is Hoss? Hoss was this strange, mysterious traveler that, that I ran into that seemed to know my master from what I can assume is their younger years together. Perhaps they adventured together, I'm not, I'm not sure. But it's just strange to see even more evidence of Hoss and Master Quegg knowing each other. It seems that they knew each other very well. She gets really small and jumps on the piece of paper, and she's pointing at one of the lines that says, My bestest friend! Hmm, that is even closer than you and I, Baggio. For now. <laughs> Baggio said, <laughs> That's as close as me and Griffin. I, I, I see. <laughs> Don't worry. And he picks her up in his hand because she's tiny. Hugs her up to his cheek like, mm. <laughs> You're my new best friend, Umiza. There's a cut and we zoom in on Kyle's eyes as he just rolls them super hard. I can only hope, Baggio. Baggio sits her on his shoulder, and he looks over at Kyle and says, 
You too, buddy. You're one of my oldest friends, too. <laughs> and someday, my training with you will be complete. That's correct, Kyle. Bring it in. And she starts pulling him in with her genie powers, and he, you just see him shaking his head. And, mm, mm. <laughs> You're like, no, no, come on, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, grabs hold of him, and he's like a big stuffed turtle because she's really small. The three of us are just bear hugging. <laughs> As that's happening, you see this other line that's on the piece of paper. Bagel notices out of the corner of his eye that there's more. He says, oh, wait. Oh, there was more farther down. My life has been dedicated by my need for value. The shape of my body has been molded to fit others' needs. And it has taken nearly all my life to find that this is a determinant. <clears throat> um, that's a detriment, yes. Oh, yes, thank you. Detriment. Yes, there you go. I have walked this world countless times at the behest of a friend, quote-unquote, as I'm sure most do as well, but I will not continue this line. I was hoping for a, a clever rhyme. It never came. Yeah, that's, that's just a statement. You see other statements. They're statements. They're just like a couple sentences here and there. I cannot respond anymore. In my great panic, I have lost. I don't know how I can handle that. These seem to be correspondence, as if they're speaking to each other back and forth. Could this be a letter? It might seem that way. Bagio flips the paper around and he's looking for like a stamp or an address or... No, nothing like that. Lost? What could have this brilliant man lost? I, I don't know. And then you read further down. On my journey of discovery, I found someone to teach me. I have no idea what I can learn, but I am willing. What could Master Quegg need to learn? You read farther down. I have learned a great new ability, but I am wondering about the risk. I must talk in depth with... Mayor of the point of this ability, there must be a good reason to have such an ability. I believe that's pronounced Meyer. Meyer. Thanks, Umiza. No, no problem. We didn't have school in Leafside. <laughs> and you think I had one in the lamp? <laughs> I couldn't afford college tuition, so I just learned my own. YouTube, mostly. YouTube? What's YouTube? No worries. Continue. <laughs> Baggio immediately forgets and he goes, Anyway, what could this ability be? They're talking about it like it's dangerous. And then the last line. I have left Myers. The place of worship is destroyed. Their arms are gone and I shall never return to Margot's Pass. Margot's Pass? Wait, isn't that where we're going soon? I'm sorry, I imagine Baggio looks at the camera. <laughs> Isn't that where... <laughs> Baggio looks at the camera, that's where we're going. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Umiza looks at the camera. It is Baggio. <laughs> we just gotta let her wonder who <laughs> it's from. She says, That is peculiar. We are going to Margot's Pass. And your master crossed it. 
and met with this person named Myers. Meyer. Or Myers. There is no apostrophe there. I cannot tell. Hmm. What is this dangerous ability they keep talking about? I have no idea. And did this mention someone having their arms missing? It certainly did, Baggio. <laughs> Baggio's like, yeesh. <laughs> Umiza gets really close to her and she says, Are we cool with that? Is that, <laughs> is that cool? Is that bad? Uh, um, when normal people lose their arms, they're gone forever. Do you mean like this? And she popped off her arm. Yes. Or like this? And she pops off her <laughs> other arm. Uh, uh, or like this. Uh, or this. <laughs> she just keeps pulling off arms like they keep growing back and she keeps pulling them off. Bagio's like, yes, exactly like that, except we've only got one set and once they're off, they're off. What? They don't grow back? No. Ah! <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm so shook about this. And would Yog Quag have done this? Uh, not unless he knew that it could be done safely. And this all seems like stuff that happened a long time ago. And last I saw Yog Quag, he had both of his arms. And what of this mire? Never heard of them. Hmm. Baggio, do you do you get scared of Margot's pass? After all, you did have a vision that you would perish on this journey. Uh, Baggio looks back at him eyes. He's like, how did you know that? You talk in your sleep. Very heavily. Oh, well, yes. Who is Isabel? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. She said, isn't that the place that you had the vision that you were going to die? As casually as you say that, yes, yes, it was. So... Are you ready for tomorrow, then? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm ready as I'll ever be. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm afraid. Well, I have no choice, Baggio Ubo. But I will be there with you, and hopefully soon we will not have to worry about this anymore. And she grows up larger than she was. She was on your shoulder, and she jumps down. And she looks up into the sky outside the window, and she says, It is still hours before daylight. You should get some rest. Bagil goes over and looks out the window. <sighs> I think you're right. You should get some rest too, Amiza. Of course. And she picks you up and puts you in the bed. Aw, she tucks me in? Yeah. She puts the covers right past your shoulders. She says, Oh! Don't forget your sleepy time, friend. And she puts Kyle right <laughs> next to you with the duct tape still on his mouth. Bagger's like, oh yeah, thanks. And he grabs Kyle and pulls him in and goes, mmm, just snuggles into him. <laughs> you just see Kyle just like... <laughs> Bagger drools in his sleep, so... <laughs> Tears start coming out of Kyle's stuffed animal eyes <laughs> as the camera pans away from that towards the window. And as the camera moves, it falls from the window, facing towards the ground. Just before crashing onto the castle's architecture, a passing wind pulls the camera to face the starlit desert. The moon hangs on the horizon, dipping slowly beyond the sands. Hours fly by before the stars disappear, replaced by a blinding, inescapable light, cascading the dunes and turning the once-dark landscape 
bright pink. The time for rest is over. It's time to go now on your Eldric journey. You sounded so enthusiastic. <laughs> he sounds so defeated. It's time to go now on your Eldric journey. On your Eldric journey. Eldric journey. <laughs> Bless you, you're blessed. Papa bless. This is the first episode of One Thing to, to Alter. Alter. Going to Margo's Pass. Marco's ass. <laughs> am I right or am I right? Yeah. Am I right, ladies? That is a good question to ask. Who is Margo? Who is Margo and why is she passing? And how big is her ass? Now, those are the questions and secrets you can find when you try to discover them on Margo's past. That's the whole idea of the campaign. <laughs> Eddie just sent me fuck you, pussy. Oh, uh, based. Had to be done. That's the whole point. Keebler came to you, and you are going to Margo's past to discover the secrets of Margo's past. That is the whole point. Eddie, please, for the love of God. <laughs> you keep getting notifications. But this is... The last episode in the castle. No more. You do not get to do anything else except... I need to go talk to a few NPCs in the castle. You will not. You guys got one more thing to do. We got one thing to alter? In this castle? Before we start, though, this is a canon question about your characters. What's your predominant hand, Baggio Griffin Howland? Baggio's uh, left-handed like me. Right. I'm ambidextrous, you know. Of course you are. <laughs> no, I mean... I mean, that I mean, that could be canon, though, yeah. because you do want to swing with your swords. You do want to dual wield. I was going to say, if you're going to have both swords, you have to be ambidextrous. The fuck would that look like? You do a clean cut with your right, and then your left, you're like, fuck, and you drop it. You're just, <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. I accidentally stabbed myself. <laughs> just goddamn it. Also, the rings that you guys have, which hand is that on? Left. Right. Left hand. My ring is on my predominant hand. Okay, and then you guys both have the left hand. All right, that's fine. So Baggio last time is waking up. Griffin is also waking up, and Howland, not so much. But you guys are all going to meet in the portal room of the castle because that is where we're going to strategize how you guys are going to get to Mario's Pass. <laughs> is on the portal room as the door opens and Griffin, Howland, and Baggio, you walk inside and we see all of the portals. They're all dormant right now, so they're not as bright and they're just going across the room floating in general directions. And you see Magwell phase through the ceiling and she says, Hello, boys. Hello, Magwell. Magwell. Howland doesn't even say anything to that. Howland is just staring. Hello, governor. That's, I'm I'm trying a new voice. H how's it sound? I don't like it. Okay, good day, mate. <laughs> I like that one. It was just the same one. <laughs> You're going to regret that. What, are you trying to retcon Griffin's voice with? No, no, no. That was just like a little... That was canon. She floats down towards you and she says, So today's the day. You're going to Margo's Pass, right? <sighs> yep. It's, it's what it seems. Do you know anything about this place? Any intel you could give us? Any advice? Um, don't die. It's very painful. Yeah. Right. 
How did you die, Margo? My name's not Margo. <laughs> How did you die, uh, Tina? Sorry, I was thinking about Margo's past. <laughs> I was thinking about Margo's ass. My bad. <laughs> I was just thinking about Margo's big ass. How did you die? I died in the battle at Falcon Tomb when we were ambushed. Did it hurt? Yes. <laughs> I just said, yeah, it hurts quite a lot. <laughs> Wait, no one rezzed you? <laughs> uh, this is the best I got. Well, you you look lovely, even even still. Oh, thank you. And she tries to hug you, and she phases right through you. You get a chill up your spine. Ooh. Do a charisma check. I really. <laughs> you trying to bang Magwell? She's a ghost. <laughs> you trying to convince yourself, or? <laughs> she, she she's just gonna ghost me. Roll an insight check. Thirteen. Oh, that's right on. You remember when Magwell gave you those uniforms at the basketball game and that she was wearing a jersey that said Griffin on it? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Bung, bung, bung. That is right. Bung, yeah. Bung, 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 bung. Um, Dude, you're in. What do I do? What do I do with the How cows? old does Magwell's ghostly visage look? She looks early, mid-40s. Oh, that's, wait, 40s? She's a gnome? Oh, I'm rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, you know she's a gnome. What does that mean? <laughs> What's a gnome? What do you mean? They're tiny. They're tiny little people. Tiny. Can we? Do you have any drawings of this Magwell? I do not. The closest I can get. I got it. I got it. You're gonna draw it right here. I'm the... drawing it real quick. No, I'm kidding. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> These are two contradicting pictures. Yeah. Which which one, Dage? Closer to which one? I I think they're just. She's small. Okay. Just just go with that. <laughs> no, I need to know. Mine is the official D&D art of a gnome. That's like adventure times. <laughs> Mine is official D&D art, and the bottom one is uh, truffles from chowder. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the bottom one, as you can see, pushes my glasses up, is truffles from chowder. <laughs> All right, Deej, closer to which one? Uh, mix them both. Okay. <laughs> okay. Th- there's a middle there. Which one? Both of them. <laughs> you know what, Deej? By gnome standards, is she hot? No. <laughs> she old. All right. Magwell, you don't look a day over 25. Fuck. What was that? A nat one. one. Plus two, three. She says, oh, you don't have to fucking lie to me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> don't have to fucking lie. I already got, I already got one down in the blacksmith area, so. <laughs> she says, so, where are we dropping, boys? God, don't you <laughs> oh, dare. Oh, no. Don't you ever. <laughs> oh, no. Don't you ever do that. I think we're going to ping right outside Margo's Pass. There's not many places. We we have portals all over the world, but we don't have it. Howland is just, like, pulling his gloves up. He's just like, if anybody spots a hemlock, please mark it. We don't have many portals on Margo's Pass. We actually don't have any, to be honest. Then... And Howland is just gonna look around, just... You you don't have any portals? And we're in the portal room. Do you see the dilemma? Not on Margo's Pass, Howland! That's why I'm saying we need to drop you outside of Margo's Pass. Magwell, have you ever been to Margo's Pass? Not a day in my life. What about in your death? Ah, those were the days. Oh wait, I'm still dead. Okay, so anyways, about that pass... What's the closest thing to Margo's Pass you got, Doc? We've got a few. One is Jacoby, uh, which is right. Uh, <laughs> and she points to a map. 
out of game, I don't want to take Helen to Jacoby. So. <laughs> I was just about to say, literally the second that she said Jacoby, this was just Howland looking at that fucking map as soon as the word <laughs> came out of her mouth. It's, it's scary Knuckles looking at Flapjack with his eyes popping out. Knuckles just like literally out of his mind on candy looking at Flapjack like he's going to murder him. Out of game, this is you guys strategizing about what you want to do to get to Margo's Pass. Um, if you want to look at the map, Jacoby is literally at the mouth of Margo's Pass, but like you said, Baggio, I understand you not wanting to take Howland. So wait, well, hold on, where is the... This map isn't labeled. Yeah, maybe a labeled map would be nice. Yeah, where's the labeled one, David? I have the labeled one, it's right here. There's Jacoby. Okay, Preston is down here. Preston's a freaking mud hole, dude, I don't want to go there. Oh, Leafside. <laughs> we go to Leafside? No, no. <laughs> so no. wait, Margo's Pass is just that land? Picture, okay, so you're not in Game of Thrones. This is the best way to describe it. Game of Thrones, there's this thing called the Wall, and it crosses over an entire continent. So when you think of Margo's Pass, think of it as that big round, but it's basically a bridge between the western half of Eldridrid and the eastern. Wait, listen, we can go to Jacoby if Eddie promises not to kill my friends. Uh, 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 uh. Can we go to Blue Bay? Why don't, why don't we go to Leafside? Hmm? 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 Huh? I'm afraid there's not much to go to. Let's just go to Jack Tonic. That's actually a Genasi prison island. Dude, Jack Tonic sounds like the biggest bar in the fucking country. Jack Daniels and, and Tonic Water. Jack Tonic, yep. It's actually not a bad name for a bar. It's not, it's it's actually not a bar. So we can drop in a fucking prison. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something to start our journey on? How about we go to Mingale? That's right on the other end. And really far away from Jacoby. Oh, that's Mingale. What, uh, what's going on with Blue Bay? Blue Bay, we do have a portal near there. It's just, it's in the center. You'd have to take a boat. I can fly. It's true, Griffin can fly. I don't know if he can fly that far. It's actually quite a distance from Blue Bay to Marco's Pass. Alright, did you, where the fuck you want us to drop, dude? Weston's like, dude, I can make it, I can fly, and she's just like, I really don't think you should, and he's like, I can make it, she's just like, you can't fucking make it. <laughs> and we're like, hey, let's go to Blue Bay, no, you can't make it, let's go to Mingale, well, blah blah blah, let's go to Jack, that, that's a prison. Can I just say real quick, DJ keeps saying it's Mingalay. That's a gale, dude. It's Mingalay. It just says Mingle. It's Galay. Min Goulet. Why don't we just drop at Fables and just work our way up? Now let's just go to Preston and say fuck it. I'm I'm down. I'm down. So David, out of game, explain what all of this is. We know what Jacoby is. Jack Tonic is literally a fucking prison. Blue Bay is what? So picture Lake Michigan in size. Actually, this is a good idea. I'm going to post Eldrigadrid. For size reference, I have put Texas in there to show you how big Eldrigadrid really is. <laughs> Good thing you posted it again, just so we know. <laughs> no, Eddie, look. <laughs> but Texas. I figured. That's boring old Texas, dude. Texas is literally like a tiny piece of Xander. Yeah, so you can see how big Eldrigadrid really is. Can we say that people from Eldrigadrid are dumb? <laughs> Okay, but again, what is Blue Bay? Is it like a shanty town? Is it a prison? What 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 is? It's a port town. First of all, Blue Bay is that the island right there? It's so 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 small. I can't see, dude. 
it, is it like the tiny little peninsula on the right leading to the island, like pointing at it that's coming out? Yes. What is Mingule? Mingule, it's a export town, like it's one of those big fancy rich people towns. Okay. It's another foothold by the Genasi. The Genasi are in a uh, handshake agreement with the people of Mingale. They protect Mingale, and they are able to keep that foothold in Mingale. Jacoby was also a foothold before Griffin and Baggio stopped it. Now Jacoby is independent. And what is Dirtbag up there? <laughs> Debarg is an orc sanctuary. Ooh. Maybe we should go to Debarg. Yeah, I say we go there and march down. Da orcs. My vote is either for Blue Bay or Debarg. I say Debarg. Hot toboggan. All right, Debarg it is. Take us there, Magwell. Good choice. You pretty looking. <laughs> you pretty little thing. <laughs> Running his fingers through her hair, just you hot <laughs> bitch. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't go to Blue Bay. We don't have a portal there. I'm sorry. Then why the fuck is it on the map? Ah! Out of game. The whole map has everything on it. It doesn't have all of the portals Fucking there. Fucking why is it even an option? Deej, whenever you get chance, can we have some outlines and whatnot? Like, where does Jacoby start and where does Wal Waldorf end? Well, he's not done filling out the map, I think, which is why. Also, where the fuck is mine, David? Where's Swindler's Folly or whatever the fuck I made? Can you tell me what the fuck you're talking about? I hate you so much. It was an amazing idea, and we talked about it, and now it's dead. Skurgan's past? No. No. I can't remember anymore. You know what's really grinding my gears? West Haven is on the east side. No, it's not. No, that's west. That's west. Fuck. Whew. Yeah, I was about to say, Wes, never eat soggy waffles. Oh, my lord. Wes, you're asking me to put details into this fucking map? You know what this map is basically size of? The world? Yeah. You want me to put Mount Sterling on that map and then tell me to put details there? No, but like, d damn, dude. It's just, what's a continent and what's a city? It's fucking huge, dude. What's north? You know? Damn. I don't even see a fucking compass. I'm sorry you need a compass to tell you that north is up and south is down. <laughs> north is not up. They're two different planes. Am I wrong? Like, we're looking down, right, on the map. Yeah. We are up. We are up, yes, compared to the map. You see what I'm saying? No, I have no idea, but anyway. It's three-dimensional. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? We're, fly we're flying above this continent looking down at it. So north is not up towards us. <laughs> Eddie, do you understand what they're saying? Dude, I'm not even fucking listening. Y'all are talking about geography and shit. But wait, Weston, I'm freaking out. Why does he not understand? Okay, wait, 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 wait. We're look okay, I am looking at this map, right? And I know that up is north, and down is south, and left is west, and right is east. You, I mean, people say down south, yes, like, that's a thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. Up is like us. We are up compared to this map. Deej. I'm looking, I'm looking. All right, so north... Any chance to pull up MS Paint? Any chance? North is this way, right? Yes. South is this way. Yes. We are up. I don't even know how to even how you would draw that. Here's the map. Laying down. Laying down. From a side view. This is us up here looking down at the map, which means we are up. Right now, put north. 
and north would be this way. Okay, 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 but hold on a second. We are looking down on the map, right? If we look at it like we're on the fucking map looking side to side, then yes, you are correct, but we are looking down on the map, so we know north. Exactly, you just said it, down. We are looking down at the map. We are looking at the map. So we know that up is north and down on the map is south. You got him, Beach. You got him. Good job. I, I just... I'm freaking out. Tweet at us. Please. <laughs> Let us know what you think of that madness. All right. We've all agreed on the de- barge or the barg? The bears. The barg. Out of game, what do you think would be better, David? The barg or uh, blue bay? There's no portal to blue bay, so the barg works. I think he wants us to go back to Jacoby, really. No, don't think about what I want. I want you guys to understand that this is your adventure. I do not want to take Eddie to Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to have a choice. We're going to Debarg. Debargan. Magwell begins to open a portal, and she says, All right, one portal coming up. And while she is over there floating, you hear a cough behind you. <clears throat> Griffin turns around. Who does he see? You three see Eldenreich. Oh, hello, Eldenreich. Hello, Griffin. Boggio and hmm, Howland. Yes. I was just informed after getting out of, uh, and he's tapping his fingers on his hip, after I got out of my trapped office. He stares at you, Howland. Howland is just whistling, looking away. I was just informed that our sand was destroyed. And I don't just mean just regular sand, there's so much sand in this desert, but our personal sand, the ones that we use to make tickets, that I just told you about yesterday, Howland. Listen, listen, I understand, okay, thinking that it was me. I get that, okay. But I want you to know that not only do I not give a fuck about your sand. I've never seen that sand. I ain't never been near that sand. And even if I wanted that sand, I wouldn't do it. Because the tickets just aren't that important to me, unfortunately. Baggio is uh, Spongebob in this picture right now. <laughs> Blank stare, looking up. Like when you've been caught and you don't know what to do and you're just like... Yeah. Yeah, and he's gonna go, As a matter of fact, sir... I will have you know that I was playing a card game with Griffin and Baggio here all night. So it couldn't have been us because we were together the entire time not doing that. We were playing Duel Monsters. Yeah, it's great. Griffin then goes next to Helen, wraps one hand around him, and then stares at Alden Reich. For you just to be throwing these accusations around, we have bigger fish to fry right now. So if you excuse us, we have a mission to do. Howland is just going to look at him, and he's like, Listen, buddy, if you want to swing at Daddy, you better come in here with proof. (laughs) (laughs) You you best not miss. (laughs) Yeah. You best not fucking miss. Can you roll a deception? Where was the lie? That was a statement. You said you were with Griffin and Bogier the whole night. (laughs) Okay, I thought you wanted me to roll for that. I was like, dude, you (laughs) fuck yourself. My ass. No, roll a deception for the whole thing. Oh! He don't miss! Oh, you he best not miss. miss! 24, you best not miss! It's what I fucking said. Except when he says that and you finish what you're saying, you said, where's the proof? 
you see Dwink step out from the hallway into the doorway. Which one's this again? That's Arya's boyfriend, the one that you guys were like, hey, yeah, you can come back later. So the actual witness to the <laughs> evidence that you guys were not playing cards the entire night. Roll with disadvantage, Howland. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> Another deception. I'm 11. Uh, since Griffin and Baggio are aiding him in telling this lie, there's an actual D&D rule where if someone helps someone do a skill check, it adds two for each person helping. 11 plus two. Okay, so uh, 13. Plus two more because Baggio's helping as well. So that's 15. What did Baggio... No, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. What, what did Baggio do? said we were playing dual monsters. So yes, I did say something. There you go. I'm going to roll with advantage because of Dwink. All right, just know Dwink's got it coming to him. When I get back... Yeah. When I get... I literally wanted to kill Dwink, like, before. <laughs> like, just, just because I, like, fuck him. Now... Oh, now. Oh. Yeah, no, now I can promise you Dwink is fucked. Like, ooh. DJ, as a DM, I hope Dwink was worth it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally, I hope it was worth it. I really do. You just signed your own death warrant with that NPC, buddy. You just fucked him. You just... Twink is literally fucking dead. Also, I want to tell you right now in Baggio's hand, if you look over, his hand is open palm right now. He's, he's got... He's got stunning strength ready. <laughs> On who? Alden Reich or Dwink? Anybody. Anybody who can get it. Oh. It's just like the SpongeBob thing where it just Squidward just, hey, sp- I surrender. <laughs> Baggy is over here like anyone can get it. His hand is shaking and Howland is like gently like, no. Baggy is like, these hands ready to eat for everyone. <laughs> Howland's like, they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready. On an 18 that he rolled here with advantage, you hear Dwink say, I didn't see them do anything. I just know they weren't in the room. And Aldenreich looks from Dwink to you three, and he is shaking his head, and he says, Can't even come up with a good lie, Howland. You're lost to your touch. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Ooh. 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 <laughs> He starts walking towards all of you, and it looks like he's about to do something. But then you hear in the hallway, They lied because I needed their help. And you hear Arya walking out from the hallway into the room. And Aldenreich says, oh, Arya, wh- why? I destroyed the sand. It was my fault. I was messing with an experiment, and I didn't want anyone... Howland is going to walk over, and he's going to put his hand on Arya's shoulder, and he's like, It's all right, Arya. We all have accidents. It just, it happens. Nobody's perfect. All right. I am going to fucking point and get up in his face. I'm like, and you, for you to sit there and talk to anybody about lying? And Howland is face to face with him right now. If this castle knew half the things that you have swept under the rug, buddy, you would be dead. If I ever hear you talk to me about lying again, God help me, I am going to write a book. I am going to talk to everybody in this castle. What What do you think the castle would do if they knew half of what you've been up to in that little office? Everything that you've let happen, every mistake that you've made, even the past year that I've been here. Don't you fucking miss. Don't you dare fucking miss. Roll intimidation. 
this motherfucker out here talking to me about lying. I don't care. I'm saying it. I'm spitting it down. He stares at you with a blank expression, and his nose, he just breathes in a little bit and exhales. I just spent eight hours in my office, Howland. Of course I'm going to come to you first. And Howland, I, I didn't think anyone was going. I was just worried because I couldn't find Arya anywhere. Arya, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Dwink. I just, the chemicals made me pass out and all. It just, I'll explain later, okay? Can you go? I, I got to clean this situation up first. Just imagine Howland whispers to Arya, just say goodbye to your loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> Howland is just going to walk over to Dwink. And he's like, it's okay, Dwink. I I understand your concern for Arya and everything. Just know that our intentions were good and we were only trying to help. That's all. And no, we didn't do anything to the same. Then Griffin comes between Howland and pulls him back. Now that we got everything situated, is everything good? Are we good to go? Aldenreich stares at Arya. As long as we can fix this situation, I think it should be fine. I'm sorry I accused you three. And he stares at all three of you, and then at Howland he squints, and then he turns around and walks out of the room. Griffin snarls and grabs his nuts. (laughs) 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 I'm kidding. (laughs) Snarls and grabs his nuts? No, Ed, you you know how people do that, right? What do you mean? Snarl and just fucking grab the nuts? Yeah, do you see my camera? Yeah. Yeah, you know when they're like... Oh, just just so, yeah, yeah, what it is. Just kind yeah, of... Okay. What no, not grab Alderac's nuts. What's <laughs> <laughs> no, over and snarls and grabs Oldenreich's nuts and tugs him off? You know what it is. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, you know people do that. Come on, you know how it is. No, I grab my own nuts and kind of what it is. Does Griffin have nuts? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm a bird. Dude. Bird? Wait, do birds have nuts? <laughs> you ever seen a bird's nuts, Wes? No, I have not. <laughs> BJ had a good line. I should have said. <laughs> I was like, "All right, fine." I was taking a shit. And I didn't. I didn't want to say it. I was just... <laughs> all, right, all right, I was taking a shit. You got. <laughs> I just imagine Griffin is perched on one of the towers, just like his ass cheeks. His ass cheeks are pointing off the edge, and he's just. Ah! It's just hitting people walking underneath. He's got his pants pulled down, and his ass cheeks are like aiming off the tower, and he's just. Honestly, it's that bird from Scary Movie. Literally that, and Dwink is just walking. He's just like, what? <laughs> oh! It's raining. What? Forecast. Just gets covered in shit. Hey, David, can I can I do something right now? Can I uh, do a little uh, mini moment? As Aldenreich is walking away, can I, like, look at him? Roll a persuasion. I think that's how I'm going to do this with this. That works. Griffin, Bogio, roll perception for me. Yes, sir. Thirteen? <laughs> Seven. Bagel's not paying attention. Griffin, you notice this. Seemingly Howlin' Shadow just moves from his body. Oh, that's so creepy, dude. And glides from the floor. A hand just grips onto Aldenreich as he trips and falls to the floor. Looks back up. What the devil? Turns into the room and sees Howland just staring at him with a smile. 
before he gets back up and flees. Griffin just wide-eyed, raises his eyebrows. Oh, okay. I ain't fucking with that. So, is the shadow, is that Helen's ability? The shadow is an entity. The shadow, out of game, is now something that's, like, bound to Howland. He can have it do certain things, but mainly it's there for another reason, which we'll get into later down the line. Now, can it actually walk through a hallway, or is it always connected to the floor or wall? Is it, I guess, three-dimensional? Is it 2D or 3D? It can become 3D on only certain levels. It mostly remains on the floor. It has to be, like, a special scenario for it to, to really, like, come out and be 3D. I should ask you guys, are, is there any equipment you want to leave behind? Because, Griffin, you have two swords and a dagger. I mean, we are going to die, so what don't I want to lose? <laughs> what don't I want on me when I die? I'm just saying, because you have two swords, the buzzards fall on the sword that never misses now. Just hoping that the buzzards fall doesn't gather dust now because you have a sword that literally never misses. Can I wield the sword that never misses in one hand? How heavy is this thing? It's a great sword. So probably not. Not until you find someone that can uh, do that. There's ways that you can have your grip strength increased and stuff like that, so... <laughs> Masturbate a lot. Yeah. Also, when you notice the shadow move, Griffin, you notice that there's a different appearance from Howland. He looks different. Sinister? A lot more sinister, but his physical appearance has changed. The dark circles around his eyes have almost enveloped a little bit more fuller. If you really look at him, you can see his veins, and his hair is, looks a little bit more frosted, like there's actual frost on his hair. Dude sporting frosted tips? <laughs> oh, what a loser. There you go. I wonder if he's becoming more and more, little by little, more evil. His veins are, like, black. His skin is somehow even more pale. At this point, almost like paper white. So this dude's about to become full evil, or he's got cancer. <laughs> so Griffin walks up to Hallen, and he's like, You feeling okay, man? Are you good? Howland is going to look over at Griffin with a smirk across his face, and he just puts his hand on uh, Griffin, and he goes, Thank you for your concern, but I'm actually feeling better than ever. And when Howland puts his hand on you, it's cold. Like somebody just dumped a thing of snow on your shoulder where Howland is touching you. Yeah, just if, if you need anything, you know, let me know. A worried smile and kind of turns away. He's definitely concerned. Arya's still there and she looks at you, Howland, and you, Griffin, and you, Baggio, and she says, I hope you guys don't die. Well, we certainly don't plan on it, but once again, thank you for the concern. Howland is going to walk up and go, Arya, listen, really, don't worry about Aldenreich. Like I said before, accidents, you know, they, they happen. Really, there's not much we can do about it. And Aldenreich, you know, he's, I don't know. If he tries to say anything to you, I, I really wouldn't pay too much attention to it. He's not really one to be talking down to anybody. Oh, don't worry. I can handle Aldenreich. I wish you good luck. And she holds out a hand to shake. Howland reluctantly shakes her hand. Thank you. Roll perception. Right? Ooh, 20. He sees it all. She doesn't shake your hand at first. She actually grips it, and then she feels the ring on your hand. Oh, fuck, dude. 
She shakes it. She smiles. She looks down, sees it with a long, slow blink, and then she stares at you in the eyes and she says, On second thought, I don't think you'll need any luck. And she turns around and starts to walk away. And on your 20 perception, and this is going to look a lot more sinister than what it is, but she gives you this look, this side eye back at you. Hmm. Is that freaking Code Geass? That's Code Geass, dude. This light Yagami get wrecked. Oh, it is. Oh, shit. As she's walking back, she gives you that side glance, and almost like she didn't mean to, but you feel like she definitely did, she moves her shirt over her shoulder and shows the acid splash tattoo that you gave her. Be careful, Arya. Things aren't always as they appear. Turns around, one last time in the doorway, says, Oh, I know. And then she walks away. All right, portal's open. DeBarg, here we come. Let's go. I grab Baggio first and throw him in. Ah! <laughs> okay, Baggio's gone. <laughs> Griffin puts his back to the portal and looks at Hallen and then does a backflip into the portal. Seeing Griffin do that just rolls his eyes and he's just so dramatic and just floats through it. <laughs> right before you float through it, Howland, you hear another voice. Howland? Who the f- Howland is going to turn around and look. You see Delilah. Right. She comes up and she says, You make sure that you bring everybody back with you. And then she walks away. Howland just looks up at the ceiling and just like, the deepest breath. And continues to float through. <laughs> I just imagine it's literally the Dr. Manhattan thing where he's like, I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives. <laughs> tired of the problems. This is actually a good place to... Stop, all right, I'll see not you stop, guys. Not stop, not stop, not stop, not stop, not stop. We are not stopping. Can I get a volunteer for me? To do what? Read. Just let Weston read. I read earlier. Wait, what'd you read? It was yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, and don't forget to give us an iTunes review or tweet about the show. Both of these things really help the show grow and allow us to go on more Eldritch Journeys. Follow us on Twitter, at Eldritch Journeys, and you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Thank you. If you want to make a donation or support us, then go to patreon.com slash thesplathouse. That's T-H-E-S-P-L-A-T-H-O-U-S-E. You'll have a greater chance at becoming or naming an NPC or get a message read out on the show. And you will be able to listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Puzzle Valley. Anyone who shouts us out using the hashtag Let's Take a Journey will get a chance to become an NPC in the world. And if you donate, there's an even greater chance of that. Email us at eldrickjourneys at gmail.com to submit magic items for the shelf or anything else on your mind. Also, follow me on Twitter at Baggio at Leafside. <laughs> follow my OnlyFans, Griffin'sBigDick.com. Come see my hog at Griffin'sBigDick.com. <laughs> <laughs> and please donate to us. We're really poor. It's true. Oh.
<laughs> what was that? Freaking absolutely destroyed my foot just now. Holy crap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm pissed. Let's go. <laughs> oh man. All right, we're going to Edgar. Debarg. Ed, you can't talk, dude. Get out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> we're going to Edgar. <laughs> and thank you. Now back to the show. Hey, Griffin. Do you ever wish that you could have more security when you're browsing the web? I- <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wish that when you were in the Coral Castle, you could watch Netflix from Jacoby? That would be awesome. You know, Bagio, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up. Today's sponsor is NordVPN. NordVPN. <laughs> Whenever you're down and just don't know what to do, do you ever want to play a game to pass the time? I do. Well, this is perfect for you. Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> With over one million downloads worldwide, Raid Shadow Legends is the single most popular game on mobile devices right now. What are you waiting for? There's hundreds of characters to pick and more. Hop in. Bin in. Let's hop in and suck my dick, you stupid... Sounds like you have phones, don't you? You guys have phones, right? <laughs> Hop in Raid Shadow Legends and get a hundred gems and one free character when you enter in Eldritch Journeys up my ass on Raid Shadow. <laughs> join my clan. I play every day. I repeat, Eldritch Journeys up our ass. Thank you. And let's take a journey. Hey guys, Bagu here. Have you ever wished you could do sweet ninja moves like me? Well, come to my Skillshare. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till we're actually to that point. Oh, yeah, no, I'm selling out hard. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> oh, same. Deej, is there one thing you wouldn't sell out for? Chick-fil-A. What? Wow, it's because they're Christian. It's because they're homophobic. I don't give a fuck if they're Christian. Duncan, hit me up, please. camera opens up on a rocky patch as a portal opens near a cave and there's Baggio and then there's Griffin and then lastly Howland appears out of the portal. Baggio's rubbing the back of his head because Griffin pushed him through so Baggio like landed on his face. Baggio's like oh <laughs> just oh fuck. Griffin looks back. Howland you take a wrong turn to Albuquerque? Yeah. Friend Howland what took you so long? Dude, it was like 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Literally, is that, Karen, is that what Howland said? <laughs> Dude. Like, okay. <laughs> Howland just, it was 10 seconds. I don't know. Just seems a little sus to me. <laughs> Vote him out. Vote him out. <laughs> Howland just like, motherfucker, I saw you vent. Don't even try it. Get this guy out of my lobby. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. I wish Alan had some of those moments, like right there, where he's all serious, like Ed's voice, but then just every once in a while you sprinkle in, like, dude, it was like 10 seconds. He's <laughs> just <laughs> 10 seconds. What do you want, asshole? <laughs> all right, so we're coming out of a cave at Debarg? Yes. And as you enter out of the portal, it disappears, and you actually see where. <laughs> what? What if it just disappeared before I fully got out and it just cut off my leg or something? <laughs> like in the end game where it cuts off the guy's hand. Yeah. <laughs> Griffin just coming through. Ah! Ah! 
half my wings gone, dude. Dude, what if somebody clips your wings and you can't fly? I, I still got these hands. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't imagine Griffin with wings. I always just imagine him flapping his arms when he flies. As the portal disappears, you actually do see where the gate seed has been implanted in Debarg. It's in this cave towards the left on the wall. There's a spot where that gate seed is. Now, can you explain about... Like what gate seeds are? I've explained it several times in other episodes. I'm... For our new listeners. You mean for <laughs> BJ right now because he forgot. <laughs> for our new listeners and or players who didn't listen. Yeah. Gate seeds are what are given to scouts, people who go off on missions to different sections of the world in order to place gate seeds. Those are the things that open up into the portal room. It basically makes fast travel points. Right now, let me ask you this. Are they actual seeds? Is it a plant-based system? or? Yes, they are black and white striped seeds. They look like avocados. Okay. And in fact, all three of you on your person, you each have a gate seed now. Bagyo sniffs it. It smells like an avocado. <laughs> mm. Bagyo's tempted to eat it, but he puts it in his pocket. You will die. <laughs> Just have a gate in your fucking stomach. But on your gate seed there, Griffin, you see a post-it note, and it has a little doodle of Magwell, and it says, Plant the seeds in good places that we would like to show up. And we all have a seed? Now all three of you have a gate seed. So when we need the cavalry to show up. Now here's the rules of gate seeds, though. They will not just pop up out of nowhere. It will take a long time for them to become ready to form a portal. Unless there's lots of magic around, then it could become almost instant. Okay. I need all of you to put gate seed in your inventory. I'm throwing mine in the fucking ocean. I'm just going to call it uh, gay seed. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I'm going to stick mine in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that way when Magwell comes through, she's instantly eating my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. You're looking outside of the cave. And you see, it looks almost like a construction site. There's not a lot of plants anywhere. You just see lots of big dirt piles almost. And inside the dirt piles, it looks like carved out windows and doors. And you do see just people walking around. It seems like a sort of village, but you see a big sign sculpted across it. It says, Debarg. Let me ask you this. What is the general accepted worldwide consensus on orcs? They're just orcs. How does the average person feel about orcs? Roll of history. Not bad. Ten. So I would have just the average knowledge. Big. Big, usually. No one really hates orcs. They're nice to have on your side. It's not like the, oh, I'm so stupid. Howland, on the other hand, on a natural 20... I want to know. <laughs> Orcs are really smart. They're very excellent crafters. Not as well as dwarves, but they build things almost rationally. Orcs are, like, underrated in crafting and smithing. Yes, they can make good things. It's kind of like an orc is, hey, I know a mechanic who's not actually a mechanic, and then dwarves are, I'm a mechanic, I went to school for it. Right, orcs are, like, self-taught. Yes, exactly. So they can make and build lots of good things, and they're smart, but they're not, like, pompous and pretentious about it. They're not super into it all the time. But also, at the same time, orcs are very close-knit, but again, at the same time, they're not going to see, like, oh, that's a turtle, I'm going to fucking eat them. So they're not savages. No, they're not. They're not. Not to say there aren't bad orcs, but it's just like there's bad of everyone. Of course, that's how the world works. 
So Bagio's not innately afraid of orcs. Okay. Bagio's going to go up to the closest orc and like, hello. As you're looking around, you see an orc just passing by, like stomping one right over the other. And he looks like he's carrying a wheelbarrow filled with a bunch of fucking rocks. Bagio's like, hello, sir. Oh, what seems to bring you here? We're headed to Margo's Pass. <laughs> Margo's Pass? Why the bloody days are you going there? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Howland is just going to put his hand over Baggio's mouth, and he just, so quick, like right behind Baggio, is just like, we gotta return some videotapes. <laughs> what can you tell me about this town? Anything going on? Uh, anything we should know while we're here? Hmm. Don't break anything. And he's holding up his hand like he's trying to think of it. Don't break anything. Don't kill anyone. Of course. Don't go to the place of worship. Don't go there? No, don't don't go there. That's uh, that's for people of the bog. Hmm. Holland whispers in Bagio's ear. He's like, he means it's for orcs only. The discrimination. Oh, I see. I would hate to infringe on his culture. We're trying to get past the bog, right? We're not really worried. What does this area look like? Like, what... Griffin, I need you to get a lay of the land for me. And I grab you and I spin around and throw you into the air as hard as I can. I want you to go way up in the air. <laughs> Roll that strike. Ooh. All right. Was that? A 20. That bitch launches me. Yeah, I launch you into the air and tell you to get a lay of the land. <laughs> I just think of the meme where it's the person screaming and it cuts. Just, ah! And they, they just disappear and it's just that with Griffin, 100%. Just, ah! Bagio looks back at Howland. It's okay. He can fly. Here, I'll have you describe it. I'm going to send you a picture in Discord. So it's just this? Yeah, describe it. Hey, it's just it's just very rocky. Lots of rocks. Bagio's got his arms out like he's ready to catch you when you fall back down. From what I see, it's very rocky. It's like a, a quarry, almost. Like mountainous? Is that water, Deej? There's a, there's a little pond. Can you just there. send us the fucking fish, you asshole? No, I gotta I gotta describe it. You know, like in a quarry, they stair step the mountains down. Looks like stair steps. Yeah. yeah. It looks like that. It's got a lake at the bottom of it. Ooh. And it's got there's just roads going through the center of this quarry looking deal. Minimal foliage. Bagio puts his arm up in front of him like this. Get you to come back. <laughs> Okay. Well, before we go any further, I'm hungry, and Baggio walks into town. Oh, no, dude. We're not worried. No. Baggio, we kind of got to go. Just, you know. Well, I got to see what kind of fruit or vegetables they have here. I'm hungry. Just, you know, hurry it up just a little bit. We're not too worried. Yeah, no problem. Can't fight on an empty stomach, and I pat my <laughs> belly, and I walk. <laughs> Holland is just rubbing his temples like... Oh, God. <laughs> I guess Griffin flies back down to hell. And we can't stay here too long. Oh, no, of course not. And stay with these. Howland, before he says it, he, like, looks around and squints his eyes. He's just... <laughs> Savages. <laughs> <laughs> Out of game, David. Like, obviously, we're, we're in this town. How far is it from here to Margot's Pass? Yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, okay. All right, asshole. <laughs> Are we talking boat ride? Are we gonna, like, can we climb this on foot? Do we need a boat to get there? Like, like, if we're going on foot, how many days would it take? Oh, we're definitely not doing it on foot. Have you seen Texas on that map, dude? That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. 
We need like a a plane. Y'all need trains or something, dude. Set up trains and shit in this world. Ooh. Is that orc that was talking to Baggio? Did he dip? He's still walking down a trail. Excuse me, sir. Mm, what do you want? We're, we're passing through here. We're not looking to stay. What kind of means of transportation do you all have here? He thinks for a second. He's like, well, I think we've got two. One, and he turns to the left, and he points to a bunch of orcs surrounding what seems to be a catapult. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. Griffin just looks down. Fuck. Okay. Howland, under his breath, just fucking savages. And on the second one, he points to a general direction and says, But if you're more patient, we got carriage. Ha. Huh. Right, so no... No aviation. Do I look like I have fucking wings, mate? No, but you can fly without wings. There's... I can? Let me try. And he starts running up a cliff. Oh, no. <laughs> and he jumps. Fuck. And he falls down instantly, and he you just hear, You lord! Does he die? There's a, and then you hear, I'm good. <laughs> Howland again. Uh. These guys aren't supposed to be stupid. I feel like it's more of a Drax thing, where it's like, they don't do sarcasm, I guess, or like... Just dry humor. While Griffin and Howland are talking, you're like, oh, what is it called? And you just hear, it's called passive-aggressive. And you see the orc standing right behind you. He looks a little bit dirty. <laughs> Howland's like, that's not what I was talking about, but good try. <sighs> Fuck. Okay, um. So, clearly you don't have any, um, aviation here. And I'm assuming a train isn't something you do? You mean like the railroad? Yes, like the railroad. Hmm. Yeah, we got something like that. But it doesn't go very fast. It just goes as fast as uh, your arms will carry you. Wait, come again? It'll just go as fast as your arms will carry you. Is he talking about the fucking thing on the railroad tracks where you have to, like, pump it? Oh, no! <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Howland, once again, is just... <clears throat> okay, okay. Crazy thought, just... Slip my mind. Uh, how how powerful is this catapult? How far will it sling you? Let me look at the map. <laughs> we fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I guess that's what happens when you just uh, decide to rely on a bunch of shit stinking orcs to fucking get you where you need to go, dude. Like, should have went to, to blue whatever, blue, blue lagoon. Bay. I don't know. <laughs> he says, hmm. Maybe uh, a moil, maybe. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Howland is just like with his arms out, just carriage it is. <laughs> Can we fast travel? <laughs> Cut to Baggio in town. What are you doing? Baggio goes up to the nearest vendor. You see another orc and he's got like this weird hair that goes in two different directions, almost like horns and they're red. Oh. What can I do for you? Oh, hello, sir. Do you have any fruits or vegetables? Uh, how much gold you got on you? Well, I don't have any gold, but I would like to make a trade. Just enough for a snack, please. What do you have to trade? <laughs> Pulls out his chalice and says, I can give you as much apple juice as you'd like. Did you say apple juice? Yes. God. You hear that? <laughs> apple juice? Damn it. Apple juice! <laughs> 
And you see a bunch of heads popping out of dirt piles. <laughs> Did he say apple juice? <laughs> Did he say apple juice? <laughs> Who said apple juice? Before you even realize that you've got a bunch of people like standing around you and they say, Apple juice. I would be more than happy to give all of you apple juice. Oh, Lord. They all hold out a cup towards you. It looks like the equivalent of one of those adult films where all the girls in the center. Ah, uh, they're lining up. But they all got cups instead of... <laughs> Buggy is about to get shagged! I want everyone to be aware that this has never been more accurate. Like, when, when you say this is how I'm feeling, or like, mood, this is it. <laughs> Th this is it. There, there has never been one that has been more accurate to how I feel than this. <laughs> just Jimmy Neutron screaming. How Lyndon Griffin when he's just like, no train, no, nothing to fly, got a pump jack <laughs> rail. <laughs> oh my god. We cut back to Griffin and Howland, and you see the orc in front of you, and he says, hmm, I sense something. And you just hear in the distance, Apple juice! Oh, it's apple juice! And he starts running into town, and you see a line forming of people <laughs> just chanting apple juice into town. Apple, apple juice! Apple <laughs> juice! Griffin turns to Howland. Are you shitting me right now? <laughs> Howland, without even looking at you, like, you just hear a flock of birds in the sky. Without looking at the flock of birds, Howland points his wand up and just zaps it. Twenty birds just fall down, singed, dead, and Howland just starts walking to the town with the most over-it expression. I told him we weren't gonna stay long. <sighs> when you get there, Baggio is very happily filling everyone's cups with the apple juice. Wait, what do you mean we're, when we get there? We're leaving you. <laughs> oh, you're leaving me. I thought you were coming. Once again, I would like to I would like to refer to the Jimmy Neutron meme. Anyway, so Deej, what do I get from this? I'm like, all right, now that everyone's got their juice, what kind of fruits do you have or vegetables? Oh, oh no. Well, we don't have any fruits. And they slide you a sandwich. It looks like a sandwich. Just rocks. Baggio flips through the sandwich like a deck of cards. Pebbles fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, uh, is this rocks? Yes. What? It's actually rock paste. We gave you the crunchy kind here. You you could have the creamy kind. <laughs> you eat you eat rocks? Oh, it's what we have around most of the time. It's like we don't choose to eat rocks. The Jimmy Neutron meme. Baggio goes, I am extremely grateful. Thank you. <laughs> Baggio takes the slices of bread and shakes the rocks off of them and just eats the bread. <laughs> Guys, like, we live in the fucking quarry. What do you expect? <laughs> Baggio eats the bread and then drinks some apple juice to wash it down. Howlin' and Griffin show up. Hey, guys. <sighs> so, um, I, I see you're eating some bread. How's that? It's pretty good. A little dusty. Howlin' squints his eyes just, Is that rocks on the bread? It was, yes. I had to uh, dust it off a bit. Baggio, you're eating fucking rock bread. Wait, the bread is rocks? No, but there are rocks on it, therefore rock bread. That's true. But he was so nice, I couldn't say no. Uh, you, you done uh, yet? You just Salvation Army to all these orcs. Well, you guys want some apple juice? Uh, maybe later. It's time to go. Okay, Baggio takes another big swig of apple juice, sees an empty bucket on the side of town, he just fills it full of apple juice and then goes with you guys. I hope you know, one guy picks up that bucket and then gets killed for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're fighting over this bucket of apple juice, dude. 
as you're walking away, this is happening behind you. You don't even see. You're just yeah. No, Bagel's super happy, and he's just walking away. Nonchalant, and these dudes are getting beat up. For... And just picking rocks out of his teeth. <laughs> An orc literally like beheads another one for the apple juice. I told you they're not savages. Helen says they are. Yeah, they're eating fucking rocks. They eat rocks and catapult each other, and they live in mounds of shit and dirt. They're eating fucking think... rocks down there, David. They're not savages. Are you high? This dude just this. tried to fly. I gotta dude. fix this. I gotta fix this. Okay. This dude jumped off a, a freaking mountain or whatever. The orc that you were talking to originally, Griffin, Howland, and uh, Baggio. The one that jumped off? The one that jumps off, he walks up to you with an empty cup in his hand, and he says, Could I please have some apple juice? Dude's got a broken arm. <laughs> of course. And Baggio fills it full. And then he takes a huge swig, and he goes, Oh, could I have another? Yeah, of course, and Baggio fills it up again. Takes a big swig, and then he pulls it back down, and he says, Could I have another? <laughs> of course, and he fills it up. Okay. <laughs> Howland is just like, ENOUGH! <laughs> of Howland, course. Okay, alright, hold on. Hold on. You wait, okay, I'm doing Mage Hand... I I'm using it like a bulldozer, like I'm digging out a massive <laughs> hole in the ground. With my mage hand, big enough to be, like, a pond. I'll, I'll roll for this bitch right here if I have to. I'm just... But it, it's, it has to happen. Howland is gonna use mage hand <laughs> and dig out a fucking pond right next to them. Baggio, give me the apple juice. I hand him the apple juice. Howland dumps it in the fucking <laughs> pond. Like, just dumps it over and just starts filling up the pond. And Howland is beating the shit out of the bottom with Mage Hand so that it is spraying out. I'm just imagining he fills up the entire pond with apple juice, tosses it back to Baggio, and just looks at the orc and is like, go fucking nuts. <laughs> there you go. Go nuts. Great. He says, well, thank you so much, actually. Um, this is the bog. We're trying to build a great city. We don't mean to be eating rocks, and we don't mean to be, uh, as unclean as we seem to be points around and you actually see like a bunch of metal they're they're not rocks right like they shouldn't be part of this landscape and they're just a bunch of metal in different colors and different shapes and he says when we first came here it was a big barge big barge filled with um metal and lots of different materials tools and so us orcs we decided to build this place as our city and we decided to debarge, and therefore we became the city of Debarg, soon to become the greatest city in all of Eldragadrid. I believe in you, and the best of luck to you. I believe you owe us one. I can take you a trip on the catapult. M maybe next time. Maybe next time. Your thanks is enough. Howland is going to just stare at him, and he's like, One day, I'm going to come back here, and I will ask a favor of all of you, and I do not know what that favor will be, but I will return, and you will grant me that favor. Of course, all three of you, yes. Of course. Nice. Um, my, my name's Kristoff. Oh, God, I feel so bad. He's got both his pointer fingers, and he's tapping them together in front of him. Nice to meet you, Kristoff. My name's Griffin. And I'm Baggio. Beholder of the apples. I'm the apple guy. Howland is just silent. <clears throat> Howland? <clears throat> my, my friend's a little shy. His name, his name's Howland. Well, it's nice to meet you all three. 
I wish I could be more used to you, or I am sorry for the jack pump, uh, railroad, or the carriage, but our railroad is blocked off right now. Right. What? Weston's <laughs> <laughs> biting his fingers with. <laughs> oh my lord, dude. Is this a side? Are you putting us on a side mission? Have you ever played a video game? We gotta clear the railroad as a side mission to get to the main mission. Bagyo's going to uh, put his hand on Kristoff's shoulders like, We'll help you clear it off, won't we, guys? It looks like we're gonna have to. <laughs> Howland is, is like, looking at Bagyo like he's going to fucking strangle him right there. Oh my god. Howland is just like, we're what? <laughs> yeah, Howland, we're nice people, Howland, and if we help them, they could help us later on, maybe, you know? Oh, oh yeah, you're right. They they can help us with the pump jack. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Great. We could actually, oh, a couple of us orcs could get on the pump jack and we could take you somewhere much quicker. We are very strong. That, that'll be perfect. Um, how many can fit on one cart? We could just have the one cart and five orcs could sit on us and we could have you on a different thing in the back. Yeah, that that would work. We could get you to Margo's Pass in a week. In a, in a, in a <laughs> excuse me, a what? In a week. A week. Howland is just looking at Griffin, just, oh yeah, yeah, come on, Griffin. That's good, right? It's great time, one week on the fucking pump wagon. Oh, yeah, um. You guys chose it, Jacoby was right at the mouth. <laughs> not taking Howland into Jacoby. I was fine with going to Jacoby, but these guys are metagaming. <laughs> Uh Okay. I feel like I, it's not metagaming. I feel like Griffin would know not to take Howland. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so there's no flight. There's not a good railroad. Did we establish a boat? Is there not a boat? Is that not a thing here? Well, if you look at where Debarg is, it's on the middle of a land. I thought it was a peninsula. I mean, it's like in the middle of land. No, he's not that in depth with the map yet. We don't know. I thought DeBarg was the whole top part. Uh, oh. No, it's like really in the center. Uh, if you look at Texas right there, that's bigger than Texas. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. Howland is just holding his nose, you know, like you hold the bridge of your nose. Uh. Okay. What? What is? What is blocking the tunnel? What's the problem? We don't really know. We sent some orcs in there after them, and they haven't come back yet. And that was uh. Um, and you haven't... One second, how, and that was, um... And he looks at the sun. Yesterday. How long have these orcs been missing? Since yesterday? One day. Well, that was the third ones that we sent. The first ones we sent was two weeks ago. And they haven't come back? They have not, no. Right, and you haven't sent a full search party? No. Why? Why is that? Have you ever heard of a stampede? Right. And if we send everybody in there and we get trapped in there, we're gonna either kill each other or we're gonna die. I don't really want to be trampled if there's a panic if we get down there and there's some type of evil thing that's just killing everybody. Right, right. Howland, again, visibly so pissed, just... Okay. Show us to the tunnel. And we cut... Deeper into the quarry, there is a much bigger tunnel, 
you see the mouth of it, it's dark, and you do see the railroad that's coming out of it and where it leads into these mining carts, and he brings you right to the mouth of it, and he says, This is where it starts. We've built very far, close to Margo's Pass, so if we actually get you in there, we can take you to Margo's Pass, but we're not going anywhere near Margo's Pass, not inside, but we will take you there if you can clear out the tunnel. Okay, uh, consider job done. Hmm, perfect. We'll be back here waiting for you. If he come back. <laughs> You're not even crying out of sadness. It's just like this sucks so much. Yeah. Fuck. Just how bad it sucks. All right. Do we have any lights? Is there lights through the tunnel? Like minor lights? I'm assuming Howland's got a spell for that. There's torches on the tunnel, but you can't really see them go super far back. Eddie, there's literally a spell called light. You cast onto an object and it makes it glow. Can Howland cast light on the tip of his wand? Sure. How Baggio? <laughs> cast it on Baggio as a person and then send him down like a marble. Kristoff <laughs> grabs one of the mining carts and places all three of you in it. And he says, if you want, I can give you a running start and push you down. See how fast that'll take you. Yes. Please do. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at all three of you as he's pulling you back, and he stops, and he finally says, Now remember, this is for Debug! As he's running, for <laughs> As he's running, pushes you forward, and you guys go flying down the mining tunnel. And the last thing you see is Kristoff waving to you as he disappears in the distance, and you guys are now in a tunnel. Howland is in the front of the cart with his torch, like, stuck out using cast light. Griffin's hanging on the back, just in case he needs to slow down. He figures he can flap his wings in the opposite direction. Bagio's filling it with apple juice and making a fucking bathtub out of him. <laughs> yeah, marinade. How long is this thing? You guys are going pretty fast, but looks like it's taking a little bit farther and longer than you think it should. You actually start feeling the slope go down instead of just straight, so you guys are going faster. I just imagine eventually it opens up and we're just in a Minecraft world and we just go into the void. <laughs> we all die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, boys. I'm just gonna go ahead and say we fucked up by coming here. I just think it's nice that we get to help these people. Again, with his arms still outstretched, just, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it is nice to help. And I'm glad we could help him, but really, it's not our mission. It, it's not... I feel guilty for thinking this way. It's okay, Griffin. It's my mission to help anyone I see in need. And that's why we're glad to have you. Howlin' just rolling his eyes. They're a bunch of orcs. They can help themselves. Oh, God. I mean, everyone needs help sometimes. We can't all do it by ourselves. Howland is just like, uh... You notice that the railroad is starting to slow down as you guys come off that slope, like it's a slide going forward. As that's happening, in the distance, Howland, Baggio, and Griffin, roll perception. All, all of us? All three. Ooh, I got four. Baggio's taking a big swig of apple juice. Howland's got four. Yeah. Oh, Lord. We're gonna crash. Howland is too over it right now. Griffin, these two aren't paying attention. I feel like Baggio is just enjoying himself and Howland just pissed about the situation. But you see in the distance, it's just a smudge 
you can't really tell, but it looks like something might be on the road that you guys are on in the mining cart. What do you mean a smudge? Is there any way I can fly faster than the cart's going? Conservation of momentum, Wesson, no. You can't. You're in the cart. But when I go out, I can fly, dude. I think that'd be athletics. To see if he could flap harder than the <laughs> cart is rolling. Roll athletics. Athletics, easy. Oh, you're right. 24. I have an 8, oh, wow. dude. <laughs> That's a solid 8 right there. You jump out of the cart, and you're flapping your wings, and Howland and Baggio... <laughs> You guys see him, like, really close. Like, he's keeping up with you at first, and then he just zoom right past it. Hands, legs, they all straighten out. Uh, Griffin's got the zoomies again. (laughs) (laughs) Howland just looks at Griffith. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. He's here. (laughs) It's Andy Griffin. Howland just looks at Griffin flying past it, just feathered bastard. I'm going to scout ahead, guys. Yeah, you do that. It's coming really quick. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, yes. So what do I see? See a smudge. <laughs> a smudge. <laughs> you get cl- okay. You get closer, but it's really dark. But as you get closer to it, you have five seconds of realizing what it is before they're going to hit it. Oh lord. You get closer, and it looks like almost a big ball of yarn. Uh! But, like, that's what you're comprehending right there. But then you're noticing that all of the little strings that you would think in the ball of yarn are moving. Ooh, it's like a writhing mass of tentacles. So there's nothing. Five seconds. Five seconds. Because I was thinking about grabbing the cart, going back, grabbing the cart, flapping the wings. But that would take too long. You got five seconds to figure this out. All right, I'm dipping. <laughs> <laughs> no. At least warn us. <laughs> No, Griffin is going to turn around. Ball of yarn. As the card's coming, I'm going to fly back and grab both of them by the shirt or by the shell and quickly pull them out of the cart. I like that. Probably athletics again? Yeah. What if I get a nat one? This seems like an athletic skill challenge to me. I'm more trying to think about what Howland and Baggio would do or react to this. I mean, I think Howland would want to be saved. I feel like Howland would trust it if Griffin was, like, shook. Roll athletics. I got a nat one, dude, and I just... <laughs> We're dead. We're all dead. <laughs> you fucking eat it. Nope. 21. Hey! <sighs> Griffin then turns around, the cart's heading towards him. He flies back to the cart, and when he grabs both Hallen and Baggio, he grabs them and then tucks them underneath his arms and does like a little like corkscrew and then gently sets them to the railroad. Baggio's puking everywhere, <laughs> puking up all his apple juice. <laughs> Baggio's like, oh! Holland is just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys land on the railroad, and Griffin, Baggio, Holland, you see the cart flying. Now that your weight isn't on it, it's flying almost off of the railroad. It goes bam against whatever this big mass in the center was. The cart crushes in on itself from the impact. Oh. Oh. Holy crap. What the hell is that? I don't like that. There's an echo throughout the tunnel of that noise. Howland, you're holding the wand with the light, and you look to the left and to the right, and you see skeletons of orcs. Oh. Ah, uh, here we fucking go. Can I roll to investigate? Sure. Eh? Nice. 24. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm investigating everything, baby. Howland is a smart boy. Yeah. Now, you would think at these skeletons, you're like, oh man, dude, is this like a fucking gelatinous cube? But it's not. It doesn't look like it was eaten and spit out because there would not be any bones. So there's no signs of like acid or anything? No. But on a 24, as you shine the light up, you see that these pieces of slithery tentacles are moving and they're coming apart. Now moving like they're individual figures, look at you, five of them, and you raise the light and you see five Yanti. Oh, Howland is just like, oh, fuck. There's almost a stillness in the air. Really extra quiet, and Baggio is just standing there. What are Yontis? Is this something Griffin? They're Sneeple, Wes. They're what? Sneeple. They're snake people, and they're the ones that destroyed Baggio's village. That's what I thought. If you guys look at Baggio right now, he is standing there. His fists are closed. It's extremely stale and quiet in the air right now, and he's just staring at them. They're not extinct or anything like that in this world, but aren't they supposed to be, like, not here? I thought they were somewhere else in the world. They mostly live in swamps and forests, so this is weird. This is weird. The one that's in the middle steps forward and he slithers up and he says, Let's make a meal out of these fools. Howland is just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, alright. David, with a sorcerer, you said I can do, like, any spell? Like, as long as I'm high enough level for it? Mm Mm-hmm. Depending. (laughs) Reevaluating. <laughs> we just dip. This is all happening in like a split second, but Howland's standing there just calculating the odds in his head. <laughs> like what's his name from Endgame? Doctor <laughs> Strange, yeah. Yeah, imagine Howland sitting there and his head's like vibrating all over the place. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, how many orcs have these things killed before we came down here? Three different waves. I mean, maybe it's just me. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining there's more than that? You don't know how many they sent down there, but there's three different sets of orcs that they sent down. Howland, when the snake says, let's make a meal out of this guy, Howland is just like, oh, it's funny, but you should really finish your last one before you try to have another. And Howland is going to ring that burial bell. The orcs you killed would like to have a word with you. <laughs> it's like, oh, but Yanti, what of the orcs? <laughs> <laughs> but what of the orcs? Son of a... Sick. What is Baggio and Griffin's... Because you know what this burial bell does when he pulls out the burial bell. Baggio is not paying attention to anyone but the snakes. Griffin is concerned. He's He don't know exactly how this thing works. There's only one way to find out, baby. Ding, ding. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. Three minutes of playtime. is ready. I tell you, I wasn't ready to rumble. You guys hear the bell ring. Can I say that when it rings, it sends out a shockwave? I love that. Baggio and Griffin, you see these bones start to rattle from left to right. Oh, I just got cold chills. You hear bones start to rattle, and you see nine skeletons start to pull themselves together, and the Yanti look around. And before they even do anything, one of the Yantis gets sliced down by one of the orcs, 
you see the orc jaw moves up and down like it's laughing. <laughs> before Yanti slices down that bone and crushes that one. One of the Yantis slides up the wall and then jumps down on another bones, unhinging its jaw, swallowing that one whole. Another set of bones attacks the third one. But the Yanti that was close to you turns to you, Howland, and raises its sword up to slice down on you. When it raises its sword at my friend Howland, I want to expend a key point. Step of the wind over and stunning strike this thing right in the chest. I have to roll a 13, right? I just rolled a 6. You stunning strike the Yanti. As Bagio does that, can Howland pop the cork off of his poison wind globe and just flood the tunnel where they're fighting the skeletons at? Is this going to affect us? Yes, it will. Uh, not if we back up. <laughs> oh, God. You look down, Baggio, and you see the Yanti that was actually coming after you, trying to drag itself out of the mist. Baggio sees the Yanti he knocked out trying to crawl out of the cloud of smoke. And he kicks it back into it. BJ, literally when you did that, it was just this. <laughs> this is just 100%. A hundred percent. It's a gif of Palpatine from Star Wars just screaming (laughs) power as he just starts electrocuting the shit out of Mace Windu when Anakin saves him. Literally, it's about to come down and slice Howland in half. Baggio just palm strikes it 15 feet straight back and Howland just smiling pulls out the globe immediately and pulls the cork off. Just power! (laughs) Unlimited! Tickets! (laughs) Their speed is halved inside of that. Roll for initiative, all three of you. You are up first. There are three Yanti in the poison fog right now. Well, I'm not going to go in there just yet, so I'm going to use my ego bow to try to shoot one of them, say, in the head. Roll and attack. Misses. You can't really see anything because of the poison mist that Howlin has put in front of you. Damn it, Howlin! Just playing Caustic, dude. Can't see fucking shit out of this thing! I can't see fucking shit out of this thing. Uh, yeah, that's the point. Alright, so I'm gonna put on my, uh, sonar eyepiece. Ooh. Ooh! Yes! I'm excited, Wes. Go, go for it. Griffin's pissed. He can't see shit. So he puts on his sonar eyepiece. And this does what? Let's me see enemies through walls or just through... Through anything. Anything within like a 50-foot radius you can see. So he can see through the cloud of smoke too? Yeah, and this will give you advantage on this attack. Okay, and this is for two minutes? Yes. For reference, every round of combat is six seconds. So this is a pretty decent amount of time. So he puts that on, and then he lines up his second shot. 15. Roll damage. Two. The Yanti that you just attacked is trying to make its way out of the poison wind smoke. Towards us or towards the backside? The backside. You see them moving backwards. Because you can see through the mist, there's this aura of night sky over these figures. Picture Widowmaker's alt, but instead of red like you'd see, it's night sky because it's your aura. You see through the mist, they pull out a bow and they are pointing towards Baggio on the other side through the mist. So let me... 
phone real quick. What's your AC again, Baggio? What it should be or what it is? <laughs> this salt. 17 is what it is. What it should be? It should be is 21, but Deej wouldn't let me. <laughs> anyway, so let me roll. You see an arrow just whiz right past your head through the mist, Baggio. So Baggio is going to expend two key points to summon his astral arms. And he is going to make an attack on the closest Yanti. Which is the one that you just kicked in. Uh-huh. What's the attack? I'm first going to attack him with my staff. Okay, that's a hit. Roll damage. And then, because I've got my arms of the astral self out, I can make an additional attack. A melee attack. Oh, damn. Crit. All right, roll damage. So you hit him with the staff, and then you use your claw attacks. It does double damage. It's almost like it's like, bam, bam. And they are wobbling back and forth, but they have their sword still at the ready, like they're about to come back at you. Expend one more key point and activate my flurry of blows and attack two more times. Okay. That one misses. Yeah, yeah, that And that one misses, okay. And you have one more key point left? I got two left. You see the orc bones shatter across the cave as one of them gets pushed by a Yanti. Also, just to clarify, Bagyo's not being non-lethal in this fight. <laughs> He's going to kill. Griffin, you can see a bunch of the orc bones tearing apart one of the Yanti. You can't see exactly what's happening. And Howlin and Bagu, you just hear like... <laughs> as the bones are pulling apart this Yanti. And you see Griffin through the mist, it getting pulled apart. The other Yanti in the mist attacks two of the orc bones with its tail. Howland, do you see one of the orc bones coming towards Baggio to attack? Do you do anything? Howland is going to put up his hand and stop it, and he is going to snap his fingers and point back at the Yanti. They start going towards the mist. Howland, it's your turn. Alright. Howland looks at Baggio and Griffin, and he's like, Both of you might want to step back. I've been, uh, working on this one for a minute. Griffin turns to Baggio, grabs the back of his shell, and kind of pulls him back. So I still have level 4 spell slots. Howland is going to draw a circle on the ground with his wand, and Howland is going to uh, snap his fingers. Howland is going to cast Summon Greater Demon. <laughs> oh, Lord, Jesse made another one. Another one. Right? What happened? Okay, so... You utter foul words, summoning one demon from the chaos of the abyss, such as a shadow demon or a... Baylor? Bar... Bal... Barl... B-A-R-L-G-U-R-A? Balrog. Barl-Gura? Yeah. The demon appears in an unoccupied space that you can see within range, and the demon disappears when it drops to zero hit points or when the spell ends. A poltergeist. What I'm talking about. This is what a Balgura is, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. Big gorilla. Yeah, just do that. I'll, I'll literally just take that. It's uh, also classified as an ape demon. It has AC of 15, and it has 60... Holy fuck. 68 hit points. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, y'all wanted me to use uh, some more spells, so uh, here we are. No, I'm glad. When you said I'm using such and such spell, and it's a different one than you normally use, I was like, yes! You summon this demon. What do you make this Bulgura do, this big ape demon? Howland draws the circle on the ground, and he says, 
Come forth, <laughs> whatever the fuck that name is. A black portal appears on the ground in the circle where Howland drew it. This giant ape demon just comes out, and Howland is going to look at this thing and just go, Do you see those Yanti? <sighs> Howland just putting away his wand, just kill them. Kill every last one of them. Spare no one. There's a beating of its chest as it jumps up and goes forward into the mist. But Griffin, you see in the mist this huge figure appear as it smashes down one of the Yanti that is in the mist and you see one more Yanti remaining. It is your turn, Griffin. You have... Yes. No more smoke or... There's still smoke, but you can still see through it. I'm pulling out the sword that never misses. Mm. And I'm about to fly straight through this. You will take seven points of damage, but yes. Wait, why? <laughs> it's poison. Poison? Oh, shit. You will take... Hey, it's... It, I like it. <laughs> he just... <laughs> he just flies in there just... Yeah! Ah! Ah! No. It's not gonna kill you. No, I know. But Griffin's being cautious. Play smart and not hard. There you go. Alright, I'm taking my sword and I'm whipping that bitch. You're gonna throw it? <laughs> it never misses. He's right. He don't miss, BJ. He don't miss. It's true. You're right. You can. But I imagine it's probably going to stick into the wall behind it. Oh, yeah. You'll have to go get it. But we got to go through there anyway. <laughs> Wait. I just realized. Hey, we got to go through this. I mean, eventually. All right. Can I whip my sword? Yeah. 19. Roll for damage. Six. Griffin is going to hover in the air, and he's going to spin around like a shot put, and then let go of it when he gets the right angle. I will say, because it's my item, I'm going to say... It's actually Griffin's. It's not when you feel like it's the right angle. You are compelled to know the exact moment to let it go. Right. And then it shoots into the poison. The camera is on Griffin as he's spinning the sword around, and when he lets go, the camera follows the sword down as it sees the sword stick into the last Yanti. It actually goes right through him and then sticks into the ground as the Yanti falls and the orc bones seem to come all into the mist surrounding the Balgora. Howland is going to put his hands up in the air and just go, Boys, don't fight! Can one of you be ever so polite and bring back my friend's sword, please? And Howland is going to hold out his hand and wait for them to put the sword in his hand. The orc bones come holding the sword, and they put it in your hand, Howland. They, like, kneel to Howland and- oh, I'm sorry, they kneel. They kneel. And Howland is just gonna pick up the sword, like, huh. Analyzing it a little bit. He's like, I don't- I don't know how to hand this to you. I'm thinking Howland is like, eh, how, like, how do I not, like, throw this at you? Uh... Actually, since it never misses, you could say I aim at the ground next to him, and it will land there. Hmm. Looks at Griffin and just flicks it with his wrist, and I'm gonna say it lands perfectly in the ground at Griffin's feet, ready for Griffin to pick it up. Thank you, Helen. It's the, it's, it's the least you could do since, uh, <laughs> you know, I couldn't get to it. <laughs> oh, you know, I did enough already, but of course. Thing is, if you're a young T dude and you see this this dude bring back bones to life, and then you see him summon a fucking demon out of nowhere, like I ain't fucking with that. Yeah, you just leave. You're just like, no, I ain't about it. I, I have to start hitting you with more. <laughs> <laughs> this was a side mission, dude. This wasn't even the main course, playboy. Do you guys leave the tunnel? We gotta go through it, don't we? Do we have confirmation that all of the Yanti are dead? 
Roll an investigation. Shit, how do we get back? We're going to have to walk it, dude. Yeah! That's a 20. You look around and you see that there's these five Yanti, and you do see that this seems to be the place where all of the Yanti were congregating as if they were using this spot to gain more food and to eat more. Wait. Ooh, I got an idea. All right, boys. These Yantis have taken a toll on the orcs. And rock sandwiches aren't really appetizing, is it? Howland looks at Griffin biting his lip, and he's just like, I was thinking the same exact thing. I say we treat these orcs to a nice meal. Oh, what are we going to feed them? <laughs> Howland just grabs Bagio, turns his head to the fucking mound of dead Yanti. Bagio goes, oh. Yes, and I'm sure they can use the snakeskin for something. <laughs> Ooh. Bagio's pissing on the Yanti. Just, no! Yeah! <laughs> just like, can you guys not look at me? I can't go if you look. Well, we don't have a minecart now. Ah. Uh, can we craft one? You've got me! And I lay on my back shell down onto the <laughs> cart. Onto the track. Yes! <laughs> and then you can use the sword that never misses as a oar and move us up the track. <laughs> I got it. So are we are we doing that? Are we like rowing on Baggio? I would like that, yes. Okay, as we're doing that, Helen's gonna snap his fingers just How do we carry Boys, can you carry the food please? Oh. <laughs> You're gonna look behind you and you just see the Balgora start grabbing all the dead Yanti, stacking them up. Then you also see the uh orc skeletons, I'm imagining, start grabbing bodies and coming behind us. You guys get on top of Baggio, you start pushing with your sword that never misses. <laughs> camera is on you as you're sloping up the tunnel can we do it where griffin does one side with the sword that never misses and howland with mage hand or something grabs the ground on the other side and just like Nyeh. there's sparks flying from under my shell like you see on train tracks <laughs> Bagio's going like <laughs> Bagio's like this is getting hot Bago's neck stretches out really long like a turtle's does, and he's just, like, blowing on this. Stop, it tickles. <laughs> it tickles his, me. his neck just keeps getting progressively longer, and it's just Avengers music as Bagio's neck is stretching the length of the tunnel. And Howland's actually tickling his dangling. <laughs> yeah. It's in my shell. <laughs> are back at Debarg as you see a pile of orcs. So we just come out? Yeah, you see Kristoff at the mouth of it and he says, Oh, they here, they didn't they didn't die. No, uh no, we did not. Are you mocking him? I was about to say <laughs> No, no, we did not <laughs> No, we didn't. Real quick, we get out, Griffin turns to Baggio, lets a hand out, picks up Baggio. Hey, Baggio, can I see your apple juice for a second? Oh, sure. Griffin grabs it, uncorks it, and pours it on the back of Baggio's shell to cool it off. Oh, ooh, thank you. Here you go, man. 
Mario takes a sip and then puts the chalice back in his pants upside down and his pants just start getting wet. (laughs) (laughs) Forgets the captain all the way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just doesn't even notice the apple juice is running down his leg and it looks like he's perpetually pissing his pants. (laughs) The orcs look at you and they're like, so what was down there? Funny that you say that. It was Snapple. (laughs) Howland being a showman about it just like, Show me potato salad! (laughs) And just, like, puts his arms out. As I'm imagining, you see the Balgaroth and all of the orc skeletons coming from the shadows, just carrying all the dead Yanti. The orcs don't even flinch. They're like, oh, it seems about reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds about right. (laughs) Well, boys, we ended up obviously killing all these Yantis, and I couldn't help but notice you guys were eating rock sandwiches, which is, uh, kind of sad, not gonna lie. And you actually hear an orc in the back like, I made those orc sandwiches. <laughs> I made them that morning. Yes, and I'm sure they're lovely, but won't you guys feast tonight on us? No! On you? Okay, let's go. Hey, no, you gotta, no, oh, you gotta shit. reword Fuck. that. You gotta reword that. <laughs> get him, boys. Like, with the, it's wound out like, get back, you savages. <laughs> he's got the bell, and he's like poking it towards him. Back! Back, I say! <laughs> Alan is just fucking with the wand like, stay back. Stay the fuck back. I'll, I'll mage hand every goddamn one of you right now. You stay the fuck back. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I wonder if the poison's still... Venom like... isn't deadly when no, you No, I'm talking it. about Ed's poison. Oh, if they're tainted. If they're tainted. But we're not going to worry about that. I was going to say, that's, uh, <laughs> that's their problem. I'm sure they'll cook it. As all the orc bones, like, the skeletons are walking in, they're like, What was that, Clara? Clara! <laughs> you need to get some meat on those bones. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm assuming once they're done piling up all the Yanti bodies, Howland is like, we have also taken the liberty of returning the bones of your loved ones. If you could all line up, please. And when Howland says that all of the uh, dead orc skeletons line up, Howland is going to snap his fingers and just say, you may rest. All of the uh, orc skeletons just fall. They just collapse. They just collapse, and Howland extends his armies like Baggio the apple juice, please. I hand him the apple juice. Howland takes off the uh, lid and just starts pouring out the apple juice for the homies. And he just looks at the orcs and he's like, It's a custom among our people. <laughs> Pours out the apple juice, puts the cork back in it, and gives it back to uh, Baggio. Thank you. Pours one out for the homies. We had to. If I was you, I would probably cook that well done, just to be safe. Like rocks? Like rocks, yes. Like rocks. Howland is looking at the body, and he's just thinking, like, this trip is going to be a week. Hey, can you come here for a second to the the giant fucking... Oh, oh, wow. What the fuck? (laughs) Okay. I don't know what that was. Sorry. Fucking bees. (laughs) Hey, can you come here just a giant swarm of bees? (laughs) Howland's like, hey, what's going on? Ah! <laughs> hey, can you come? Ah! But uh, anyways, Howland's like, can you come here for a second? And the greater demon leans down with the expression of like, yeah. Turns to Griffin. He's like, Griffin, do you want any of these Sneeple? Uh, no. No, I'm good. Howland looks at uh, the greater demon. He's like, grab one of those bodies, please. He grabs it. Okay. You could put it in your Fright Knots bag that they gave you. Yeah, Howland is going to uh, open the bag and, yeah, just put it in. Just dump him in here. <laughs> put it in the fucking bag! Put it in the bag, please. 
Real quick, Howland, while the demon is putting it in the bag, you see the Book of Morbid Curiosity. Okay. That's the only book you see in there. Oh. So Howland's original book is now presumably gone. It's not there. Howland is very, like, what the fuck, but we don't really have time to worry about that. So Howland, with squinty eyes, like, and closes the bag back up. You hear Kristoff and he says, Oh, tonight we feast, 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 feast. We get it. <laughs> we get it. He snaps his neck right there. Bogger's like, do you have any more bread? No. No. Oh. All right. <laughs> I'll, sk- I'll skip dinner. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that. No. <laughs> Fine, I just won't eat tonight. You already ate, dude. I ate two slices of bread. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> back on the menu, boys. Tomorrow, we ride. <laughs> Tonight, we feast. Sorry, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> the fucking bees, dude. They come out of nowhere. Who the fuck puts that in there? Oh, my God. Uh, and the camera cuts. Take your time, but hurry up. Take your time, hurry up. Remember the time that you spilled the cup of apple juice in the hall. Please tell mom this is not her fault. Uh, At Weston heard Iris screaming in the background. And he just (laughs) just saw him jump out of his chair. He's like, I'm out! BJ, how sick are you? Are you okay? You've been coughing all morning. Yeah, I got bronchitis. Okay. Just don't give that to me over the mic, you know?
Yeah, it's 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 weird. I've had bronchitis ever since I went to that party with all those people. It's weird. Deej, when you edit when you edit that part with Baggio kicking him back into the poison fog, uh, please try to make it like make it really like serious and dramatic. Yeah, sure, I sure can. I'll put that right after the fart noises that Baggio was doing. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. The snake's like, please help me, and Baggio goes. <laughs> Baggio just gets in real close, just. Ah, BJ, you motherfucker. Right? No, somebody sent me something. Caleb sent me a video. Don't look at it. Tell him to go. We're doing stuff. Put the phone down. Hello. Nostalgia critic. DJ, I just want you to know you're really good at editing. I love you and don't be sad.